covering you from your LB1 to your taxi squad. This is IDP Nation. Manning back, Popsy fires to the far side. It's intercepted and running into a touchdown. Your home for the best in IDP and draft coverage. Daniel has time in the pocket, steps up, and he's going to be hit from the side, and he's going down. That's a sack. Here are the hosts of IDP Nation. Hollywood and Kyle B. Welcome back to IDP Nation. Uh, Kyle is busy again. That's why he's got the name Mr. Big Time. But uh, so I thought I'd bring back my buddy dudes again. Uh, what's going on, man? It's Razor to you. Well, I, I heard he was dead, so I'm, I'm going to need to see some proof that he's back. It's Razor's ghost, then. <laughs> Razor's ghost. <laughs> greatest yeah, idiot yeah. of all time. He is the greatest. Yes, he is. Um, so the draft is done. The NFL draft. We know where everybody's at now. We even know where... Most of the undrafted free agent rookies are at because they they already signed and headed to camp whenever that starts. I think we um, could do a whole episode just on undrafted free agents, probably. I bet we could. I know we could. Yeah, <laughs> I know we could. Yeah, we definitely could. Um, for the hardcore, only for the hardcores. Yeah. Well, if they've been following the uh, DWC draft, then they know they know how hardcore it gets. Don't get any harder than that. That's exactly right, man. Um, so we know these landing spots, right? Good, bad, ugly, indifferent, whatever, however you feel about them. But there always seems to be some that's better than others or seemingly are better than others. Um, so I guess we'll jump right into it. Is there any – so it's a two-part question I guess we'll go with. Is there any – rookies now that based on their landing spot now that we know that is there any rookies that you feel like okay their value is here but that landing spot pushed them over a little you got any guys like that that uh you want to throw out there oh yeah for sure man some guys value oh, yeah. skyrocketed for me but um the first guy that jumps to mind is uh jack campbell you know what i mean he's actually in the discussion for First IDP off the board for me. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Depending on your league scoring. I mean, getting taken number 18 overall. Only linebacker in the first two rounds. Yeah. You know? He's, he starts day one. Yeah. Yes, sir. And uh, old Stubbs Rodriguez goes back to the bench where he belongs. Stump. You think it'll be him or Angelone? It ain't going to be Anzalone. You out of your mind? They just gave him six mil a year. Yeah, but they can get out. He of might that. get hurt. He might true. get hurt. That's very true. I don't think that. they're going to be able to get out. Of, they're not going to be able to get out of it right away. Nor why would they? Why would no, they want that's what to? I mean, they, they don't it's have a real reason to. It's going to be Anzalone and Jack Campbell. I'd be shocked if it was anybody else. I mean, they're similar players, though, so I can kind of get where you're coming right. from. But also, like, what? 
Malcolm Rodriguez, is, is he any better sideline to sideline than uh, Jack Campbell? No. No. I, no. I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. That's right. that's my take. I, I think that those are the two guys. And I think if you follow the money, I'll, I'll look at his contract, though, while you talk about it uh, for um, Alex Anders alone. But I don't, I don't see uh, any out right away. They just signed him this year. I was surprised they signed him and then they spent uh, the 18th overall pick on a linebacker. But hey. Yeah, but I don't think they got in a hurry to sign Angel on. I think they free agency went a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. It went a little bit before they resigned him. But they still did. They still gave him $6 million this year. You know what yeah, I mean? That's like, my point. They were, they were looking for better options and were willing to let him walk. Let me just see this. Yeah, they're not really saving much by getting rid of them this year. Like, they're not going to save anything at all. If they, I mean, yeah, it ain't happening. Next year, maybe, yeah. right? Or more accurately, uh, 2025, right? If you look it up on uh, Sport Track here, it's saying potential out in 2025 after two years, 12.2 mil. And then there's only 2.4 dead cap. So, yeah. like, I don't. <laughs> he's got an average yeah, but he's a good insurance I mean, they don't have to. They don't have to cut him. They can keep him if they if they really wanted to run Rodriguez out there, or whatever. It's and not going to hurt six million to sit on the bench. You crazy? It wouldn't be ideal, but like I said, they were willing to let him go as soon as free agency was started. So they won't. They weren't sold on him, right? So, which is. Also, what when you draft Campbell, six mil average a year. What are you talking about? I don't understand. They're giving him, yeah, they're paid the man, a linebacker, six point one mil. You think he's going to go to the bench? He shouldn't. No. But we'll Sorry, but I feel no, strongly about this. No, you're good. You're good. That's why we like to debate, man. I, mean, um, I, I see uh, Anzalone and uh, Jack Campbell on the field at the same time. And, I mean, Malcolm Rodriguez could be out there too. But Yeah, he could be the third guy. That's kind of what, that's what I was trying to say. Oh, okay. Sorry. But, I mean, like, he's, he's the third wheel, though, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could be wrong. That. I don't know. They are more of a 4-3, so – I just but they got all them safeties too. So what do you do with them, motherfuckers? Yeah, yeah, that's good though. I mean, it's so good they just drafted Brian Branch, right? I think that yeah. I love Brian Branch. I think he's the best safety in the class. But he couldn't have landed in a worse position. I think going to Detroit, the roadblock there for now. Well, I think everything kind of depends on Tracy Walker. How like how he comes back from the Achilles? Yeah, seems to, be, seems to be ahead of schedule from what I've seen, but you know, I'm sure they could probably get out of his contract if they really wanted to. If Brian Branch blows them away, let's see yeah. what Tracy Walker's making. But for me, what I do is I look at the money, and I mean the draft capital with the so the money for Anzalone and the draft capital for Jack Campbell to me says they're the two guys, and then you know. Malcolm Rodriguez is sort of going to rotate in there and 
get lesser snaps. Uh, it might not happen that way right away, depending on Jack Campbell's transition, but I don't really anticipate it being uh, anything but smooth, you know, like. Uh, yeah, he shouldn't have no issues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he should, that should be, actually should be kind of a seamless transition, right? He kind of fits what exactly. uh, Danny Campbell wants to, you know, that physical Big Ten style of play out of your linebacker. He likes physical linebackers, and you got to have that in the Big Ten, you know, where they're just, that's what they do, big hogs that run the ball. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to do with Ranch with all the safeties, like, we were talking about, but luckily for them, they can play in that corner if they need to, like in the slot or even outside on rare occasion. So his versatility makes him a big, in my opinion, makes him a uh, a good option. But man, I just don't like the landing spot because I feel like there's too many too many safeties in the way right now. Like you said, maybe it's an insurance policy for Walker or whatever. But still, I would have liked to think he went to a safety needy team, right? Would have been my yeah exactly and i mean i don't see walker going anywhere i'm looking at his contract now and i, I don't really see him going anywhere until uh after it's 2024 is where the out is so yeah a little bit of a crowded uh safety room there but uh all depends what they do with uh chauncey gardner johnson in a way right yeah sure and you know, somebody's got to be the big nickel. Somebody's got to be the slot corner. So whoever that is is Which definitely going to be IDP relevant. But, yeah, they could yeah, all have each other's stats, right? They could all See, lead into I'm each other's about. stats. So. I'm worried that they'll play such a mix and match. Like you said, it's going to eat it. They're, gonna, they're all going to be good, but for fantasy purposes, it's going to suck because they are, you don't have that lead dog, that elite guy, because you're all sharing. So it kind of sucks. But. Yeah, it could be a, it could be a situation to avoid, but I mean it'll all shake itself out. It's not the yeah. same old Detroit Lions, though. You know what I mean? Where like in IDP, you you're typically looking for uh, you know some shitty teams that uh, you know you're going to get a ton of snaps, a ton of volume, and therefore produce right. Like J a la Jalen Petrie in Houston. Uh, right. So that might not be the case anymore in Detroit with all these options at linebacker and safety. Right. And I mean, yeah. Hutchinson's probably the number one guy to own from that defense. Yeah. At this point. Then again, if any of them get hurt, you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden their value skyrockets. Right. Another guy uh -huh. I, I want to mention before we leave the Lions is uh, people will laugh too. People make fun of me for this. And you know what? It might not. <sighs> Romeo Okwara, right? For the price of a mouse click, I think uh, you could do worse for sure. Like uh, a lot of people are just saying, well, James Houston, but it's not quite the same situation. You know what I mean? Like James Houston is more of an outside linebacker and Romeo Okwara is more of a actual 4-3 defensive end and yeah. last year he was coming back from injury I think you're going to see people forget the year that he had in 2021 you know what I mean it wasn't it wasn't nothing it was it wasn't bad at all it was it was definitely IDP relevant I'm not saying he's a, a world beater but you know let me just look up his stats here from 2021 
see what we got. It might surprise. I so. Oh, really sorry. good. Uh, I guess it was 2020. It was all the way back in 2020. That's what I was fixing to say. Yeah. That's my fault. Uh, so, Ken Sachs, though, in 2020. Right. Now, so I'm, did he re injure himself or what happened? It must have been something uh, very serious. Was it his Achilles, too? I got to look into it that. It may have now. been, yeah. It very well may have been. I don't remember exactly, but that sounds right. Did he injure himself in back to back years? Yeah, it was a torn Achilles. I think so, or maybe he wasn't. That's crazy, man. Him and Walker both had Achilles. Yep. Used to be a career killer, and, I mean, it's still not good, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, another we should talk about that has been coming up lately in discussions with me, for me, with other people asking my opinion on him is uh, Jamal Adams, the guy that we both couldn't remember a few episodes ago. <laughs> I did some digging on his injury, which is uh, basically a, a torn quad, and it's a torn quad tendon too, I believe, right, like right off the bone, which happened to me, uh, believe it or not. And so I know a little bit about it. Um, mine was more, uh, I don't want to say undiagnosed, and I can't give you a, an exact, uh, you know, uh, MRI or whatever of, of it being torn off the bone. I just know I got a lump there that goes right down to my bone, you know what I mean? An indent. And then my quad starts, you know, and that's, I was running forties like a couple days before training camp with uh, a linebacker uh, who were, we were both competitive guys and I wanted to beat him at the end. And uh, I say, I got him and he says he got me and you know what, who knows? He probably did get me actually. I wasn't the fastest guy in the world, but uh, <laughs> I came up for uh, pretty bad in it and it bothered me for a long time but a lot I've had a lot of injuries and I feel like I know quite a bit about this especially with fantasy injuries and I like to research this stuff too and like only 50% of players come back from uh, the injury that Jamal Adams had uh, successfully and that includes right. some basketball players too but it's usually like two years after right and it sort of ties into what we were talking about with Romeo Aquara uh, you know, two years after the fact. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I, I still hold on to him on some of my teams, put it that way. But we have huge rosters in these leagues that I'm talking about, like 70-man rosters and 20-man uh, taxis. And so, anyways, that's just my and whatever you can say on the injured reserve and, and all that stuff. Yes, sir. So do you have, let's see, we talked about, him going up. Um, is there one player you think you hated about you? I know we kind of talked about Brian Branch, but um, you know, is there one player kind of like I don't know, whoever? Um, well, we were talking about Branch, right, with all the safety. So, is there another player like that that you have? Um, that went that to a bad spot. Yeah. Yeah, well, I wasn't really done talking about the ones that went to a good landing spot. Oh, yet because uh, go ahead, go ahead. Some, we can go back. Somebody that somebody that went, like, probably the biggest jump in my rankings is Sidney Brown. The Thank safety you. from Illinois that, that landed in, in Philadelphia. I, I think that's a great fit there. I think they're yes. dying for safety there now, and then I, I think he's going to play a lot. I think he suits their style. 
you know what I mean? Like uh, kind of, I don't want to say he'll ever be Dawkins, Brian Dawkins, because he won't probably be, but he is Canadian. So I got to pump his tires. <laughs> and uh, I had him down in my thirties, you know what I mean? Pre-draft. And right now, the way it looks for me, I mean, he's in my top 15. He's pushing, you know what I mean? There's some landing spots that I don't love that, you know what I mean? I'm in the middle of doing it right now. And uh, he's pushing even possibly, you know, just outside of the top 10 here. So mm. anywhere from 10 to 15, he could land. Well, he wouldn't land at 10, but you know, somewhere in that range. So he, he jumped more spots than anybody else for me somebody who fell a lot of spots speaking of safety for for me is uh antonio johnson and i picked him in in dwc so i got some egg on my face but um we'll see i mean i still love that landing spot i like the player i love i i want to say i love the player but i can't anymore i really really like the player i love the player i'll say it and i love the landing spot it's just that his draft capital dropped all the way down to the fifth round so that sucks. Something had to be there. There's something we don't know because. Uh, well, like I said, I went back and looked us, at his tape. A lot of people had him as the one of the top two, three safeties in this class. A lot of people. People that get paid to like do this, putting him up there. So there had to be something. That I think there's something, some reason, something he fell because he shouldn't have been out of the third round, really. And he falls that far, so something was up. I don't know what, but I just feel like there's something we're not being told that nobody's letting has let out yet or whatever. So I was high on him too, is my point. And then he falls here and it's you're like, whoa, what's up? Right? So. Yeah, I mean I waited a long time to take him in our NWO draft. Sorry, my tabs are all screwed up on me here. I'm trying I'm having a hard time. Yeah, you're fine seeing everything uh, on my computer screen the way I want it to come up. I got to close some stuff out, <laughs> but um, hopefully this doesn't, I don't lose you because uh, if you're, if you do just jump back on, that's fine. Okay. But yeah, I, so he, I got him all the way in our, in our mixed league draft that just finished up today at uh, pick 91. And I may have even been able to wait longer. I think I probably could have. Right. But I, my next pick was 97 overall. So beginning of the eighth round is where I took him. Yeah. And uh, Jair Brown went right after that. And I bet you if you pulled, uh, you know, 12 owners in our league, at least 10 of them would probably want Jair Brown more than Antonio Johnson now. Right. Or like the vast majority of them would. Two thirds of them would for sure. Right. So in both of our leagues. And there's a lot of the same owners. But, uh, you know, for me, uh, I'm going to stick with my, uh, you know, when I plant a flag on a guy, I'm either going to be right or I'm going to be wrong, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not coming off my spot too easy. One guy that I got to admit on air that I was wrong about is your guy, Will McDonald. I just gave him the short end of the stick uh, early in my process because I'm a size snob and, you know, he didn't fit my criteria. He was too undersized and, his 2022 tape was a little underwhelming, but he was sort of miscast. Uh, the I, the Iowa State defense did him no favors, but right. I went back and looked at him, man, in his game tape, and he's dynamic. And uh, 
man, like the senior bowl, he fucking dominated your boy uh, Darnell. Darnell Wright. Yeah. Man, I know they're I know they're one on ones, and you got no help as an O lineman, and it's different, and it's not exactly uh, you know the perfect uh, scenario for an O lineman, but still. I mean, he made him look stupid out there. He was, he's got a crazy ass yeah, spin move too. Like he had him falling on his face. He, he was on the ground a few times, man. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned this right. last night on, on Shoot the Gap because we were talking about rookies and I had Will McDonald. And um, man, he is going to be such a good pass rusher. And I was talking about him being a little bit older because he took advantage of the, the super senior season, the COVID crap. Um, he took advantage. So, yeah, he played five years in college, but I think that it was perfect for him, right? He's experienced. I think he's going to walk right in and just – I think he's going to be a huge beneficiary of having um, – what's his name on the other side? Carl Lawson, uh, Carl Lawson, Carl Lawson and Jermaine Johnson, Jermaine Johnson and uh, John Franklin Myers. But honestly, uh, that's why I didn't really like. I didn't love the prospect at first because I didn't. I was. Uh, it was a lazy evaluation on my point or uh, on my part, and it was like a size thing, right? And then I so I didn't watch the tape as, as much as I should have. And then the landing spot at first, I hated it. You know what I mean? I was like, man, they got a ton of DNs. He's probably, you know what I mean? He's going to, it might take him a while to get on the field. But when I looked into the, and I'm saying this all over the place, so I'm repeating myself like crazy, but if somebody's listening to this episode and they never listen to anything else, then, <laughs> hey, you know what I mean? They got, this is good information. Right. Carl Lawson, if if they cut him or trade him, however they get rid of him, they're saving 15.4 mil. 15.4 million, dude. Yep. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm I sure agree. they want to try to keep them. They're going for a Super Bowl, but and they, they're going to try to restructure him would be my guess, right? Give him a signing bonus. I think so depending, too. depending on how he looks and free up that money anyways. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, it's looking better and better for Will McDonald, and I, I have to uh, recant my earlier statements about not liking him because, you know, I'm really, really, like, I watched an hour of tape before I made that pick in this, in this league, when I made that trade with you for all these fifth rounders. And, uh, right. you know, cause I, I was, I was all set to to do something else. I can't remember. Let me see if I can remember what I was thinking about. I had taken Drew Sanders. I took Israel of at Canada. And then I was sitting there at 47, 4.09 in a mixed league, staring at a few different guys. And, Honestly, man, like I'm pumped that I got Will McDonald where I got him now. And even though, you, you know, know because he's my... you probably don't get him if you don't trade right there. Because I had, if you'll remember in this draft, I had a first and then I didn't have a second. I didn't have a third. My next pick was coming in the fourth, which was this pick that you traded for. He would have probably been gone had you not made that move. Because that would have been my first pick in three plus round or two plus rounds. Yeah, I feel like uh, you know that's where my ju- my draft is going to be judged. You know, like uh, it's going to be won or lost right there. And I know a lot of people don't believe that you can get 
uh, good value in the later rounds. I know some people that say like after the first two rounds, you may as well not even pick after the first three rounds. I've heard all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, and you know, the thing that I probably hear the most is like five rounds after five rounds, it doesn't matter. And I kind of looked into that and for the most part, they're right. And I looked into some of my old drafts and, you know, as much as I thought they were awesome at the time, and this is just what rookie fever does to you in general, you know what I mean? Like, uh they they didn't turn out that good you know what i mean and i i watch a lot of college football i I know my stuff my process has become more refined over the years i I feel like i'm smarter now than i than i have been in the past but also um you know there's uh not as many success stories from the later rounds as i thought i had so i went all the way back to 2018 when i first started on uh my fantasy league uh there's a little plug for one of your sponsors uh and the, the I got Dalton Schultz in the seventh round. So, but it took him a few years to develop. Remember, I, it took him at least two, three years. And I, I think I even gave up on him before he became anything. So, you know, that might not be the best example. But in uh, 2019, I ended up getting Jeffrey Simmons and Rashawn Gary in the fifth round. So those are, you know, for, and Rashawn Gary took a little while to develop too. And Jeffrey Simmons was injured, which is the reason why I got him in the fifth round in the first place, but still, you know what I mean? And then 2020, what I came up with was uh, James Robinson in the ninth round. I think he went to like Illinois state or something like that. Uh, the running back for Jacksonville at the time. And he came out the gates and had a great year right out, right out the, right out the gate. That was in a C to C league where half the guys are already gone because it's Debbie and you have whatever, you know, whatever guys everybody had in college and the league is split into two. It's a 20 team league with 10 teams on each side, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I'm actually positive. That's the way it is. And uh, so, you know, in the later rounds, guys are like just skipping picks, passing on picks. They don't care anymore. And I'm like, I'll take James Robbins out. I'll draft to the bitter end and hope and pray. Right. Cause that's just my style. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what's fun to me. I love this, the late rounds. You know what I mean? I love these diamonds in the rough. I'll go deeper. I'll go into the deep end with anybody. You know, like that's, that's the fun of it for me. So, and then uh, in 2020, 2021, I mean, this guy has been injured and hasn't really been able to, when he's been on the field, he's been uh, a proven commodity for IDP and that's Divine Diablo. Got him in the at pick number 72 in our DWC draft. And 2022, I, no, it's a corner and, you know, I kind of diss corners a lot, but Roger McCreary really helped me. I started him pretty well all year uh, and I got him at 9.03. And I always say taking rookie corners isn't, isn't a bad idea at the end of a draft, but you got to get ones that aren't that good. You know what I mean? You're not really looking for. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I, I, even if there is some truth to it, if you can get one guy in the late rounds, right. But going back to what I was talking about here, and sorry to talk so much, I'll, I'll give you a chance no, right here, but like these three that I got in the middle here, they're all still in the top 50. Uh, but that's like, well, and then when I kept trading down, I kept picking up picks. So originally I started off at, uh, you know, 2.03. I traded Nuke last year at the end of the season when he wasn't going to do me any good anyways. I was in the final against uh, – Perma and I, I think Nuke was out or I, anyways, he wasn't going to do anything for me. So I traded him to a wide receiver needy team for a 2.03, traded him to demolition. And with that pick, uh, you know, I traded down and I ended up picking up from Perma the 
the pick that I used to get Trent, Trenton Simpson. So that's big. And then I, and then when I trade back in, I'm dying to get Drew Sanders too, because they were my linebacker one and two. I waited 10 more picks. I got Drew Sanders, who I always knew was going to be a linebacker, but at that time he had a DN designation or I right. felt he was going to be one. So that might've scared people off. And then, so those picks are, are what's going to, you know, decide me here is, is the three out of the four of them were IDPs and Will McDonald's one of them. And, and then my, my guy, Keanu Benton, who he took a little bit of a hit in value for me with the landing spot. He could have ended up somewhere better, but also they got, you know, TJ Watt on one side and um, Cameron Hayward on the other. Keanu Benton's not going to be double teamed all the time. They get, they got to focus on those guys too. So you know, even though he's playing nose tackle, I feel like in that system on that team, he might have a better shot than your average nose tackle at getting some, you know, some pressure and some sack production. And anyway, sorry to talk so long, but no, you're good. And Isaiah, you're Isaiah Foskey was the last guy I ended up taking. And I was yes, from trying to decide between Foskey and Ojolari. And I'm really glad I took Foskey. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not much of a fan of either one, but yeah, if I had to pick between the two, I would take Fosky. Yeah, good landing spot. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, you like him, and, and a lot of people do like him a lot more, Fosky. That is than I do. I don't know what it is about him. I just I don't know. I don't. He was a stud at Notre Dame, but I don't know that that's going to be the case at the next level. Yeah, I don't, I don't either, and I don't. I don't think that's true that I like him more that much more than you or other people. It's just that in right. DWC, right. I let everybody take every other single DN that there was. I just knew right. that the DN class was that deep. I got him at like pick thirty-two, man. I let everybody take every other DN there was, and he was still there. I just kept trading down, yeah. trading down, getting more picks, and yeah, I'm pumped to get him in that range. But if you'll recall. Like, I might be the first guy that you ever heard the word. I don't think uh, anybody else had really said it really to that point. Like, I'm talking back in, like, January. You're talking maybe even December. I said he was a stiff. Right. You know what I mean? And then everybody's saying it after that. Perma thinks he invented it. Maybe somebody did say <laughs> it on a website somewhere that before that. I don't know. But, I mean, it's not like I love Foskey. Even in the DWC draft, I rate, rate in the comments. I don't love this guy. But then after he got the landing spot in New Orleans, yeah, he's definitely rising up my rankings. And he wasn't the all-time sacks leader at ND for nothing. True. Very true. And, and that's – I don't like I said, I don't know really what it is I don't like about his game per se. You know, I just – maybe it's one of these gut-feeling things because I get them every once in a while. I'm just like, I'm dying on this hill. Maybe that's it. I'm dying on this hill. I don't think that he's going to – translate to the NFL, but I mean, yeah, looking at the draft, you said you got him at 32, right? So the very next pick 33 was Zach Harrison. So if you're, if you're comparing those two, yeah, that's a huge value jump. Foskey over Harrison any day week. Yeah. Completely agree. The next defensive end was, and my Paul should tell you, the next one would be he, Robert Beal that I took in Pick forty, uh, pick forty-four. So I take Foskey over him too. Right? I mean, that's there's a big drop off after Foskey. 
So getting him that late, that was uh, that was good value on your part, man. Yeah, I got kind of lucky, right? Like, you know, and I think you uh, – <laughs> I'm joking, all right? Don't get mad at me. But uh, I think you owe Killer Bees, our buddy Bud, I think you owe him an apology because he took Ivan Pace all the way up at 2.10, 24th overall from listening to your <laughs> podcast. Hey, <laughs> I'm not what? wrong yet. No, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> I'm true. not wrong yet. That's true, man. I, I mean, will admit the odds is the house is definitely heavily favored right here. But hey, I just need one card, bud. I just need one card, and it's that's it. I think we're all pulling for him. You know what I mean? And the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I don't wish him to have like a. To be. You know, there's some players I admit I wish. I get the voodoo doll out and wish bad stuff, right? I think we all kind of have them kind of players we just don't like. But Foskey, it's it's not that I think he's he's bad. Because, like you said, you know, you don't become Notre Dame's all-time sack leader and do all the things he's done. But I, I just don't know what translate. I'll tell you one thing that does help him. Is he's a special teams freak. He blocked what four, five points uh, last year. Four, four, yeah. So that's going to get big points with him in the NFL because if you can play special teams and be whatever position you are, that's huge. So, um, well, and draft. Capital, I mean, he put it good. I mean, I mean, he went right. early second round, man. You know, like he's yeah. going to play. Plus, he doesn't have that much competition. He's, he's all he's got to do is beat out Carl Granderson. They could get out of his right. contract too, but it only saves them. They already like got rid mil. of Davenport, right? They let yeah. him walk and he went somewhere else. But he I think his was injuries. He yes. went to the yes. Vikings. Oh, oh man, that could be good. If he gets Aaron his mind Jordan right. can't play forever. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but can you just imagine if um, – oh, shoot, what was his name? Davenport. If Davenport – in Minnesota, can you imagine if he gets maybe a little bit of a shot in the arm rejuvenation and he gets to play opposite of Neil Hunter? Those two right there could be freaking scary if he if Davenport's on his game. Cause... He started to get better and better, you know what I mean? As And that's right. just the way it is, right? Like, And coming from UTSA, you know what I mean? It's a steeper learning curve right. for some of these guys. It ain't the SEC. Even that's, you know what I mean, a big jump to go to the pros. NFL's creme de la creme, man. Best of the best. Yeah, all yeah. your all your weaknesses, you know what I mean, your lack of reach, your lack of height, your lack of size, your lack of speed, everything gets exposed, man. Yep, I agree. Yeah. But And so Peyton Turner and uh, um, Isaiah Foskey are probably battling out for being in the rotation for that third man in to start. And yeah, Carl, so. Carl Granderson could be gone next year. Right. They could even cut him this year if they really wanted to and save four mil. But I think that the value says that they should keep him, right? And uh, I think they will. Yeah, probably like, so. You want to have some depth. And at that price, why not? Like for four million for a, yeah, I think he's still on his rookie deal, but like for a DN, that's a great price, you know? So, right. If he gives you anything at all, really, which he, he is, they're starting. DN2 at the moment, and 
Cam Jordan, what year is he in now? He's at least in his 10th, 11th, 12th year or something. I'm looking it up. I want to say 13, but I might be wrong. Let's see, Cameron Jordan. Bottom line, is, bottom line is the landing spot for Foskey was great. And while you look it up, I'll just give a little. This will I, be he's his six 13th line. season. He's going into 13. Yeah. I undershot it purposely because I didn't want to be, uh, you know, I didn't want it to be hyperbole when I said something. I was going to say 12 at first, a 12th season, but I undershot it. But Foskey is 6'5", 264, and ran a 4.58. You know what I mean? Like, that's pretty much like Luke Van Ness is 6'5", 272, and ran a 4.58. Miles Murphy, 6'5", 268, and ran a 4.52. Like, they're all in the same neighborhood. But one thing with Foskey is, you know, the the 10-yard the is, is a little bit concerning. His is a 1.66. Van Ness is 1.64, which is also slightly concerning. You know, 1.61 or under is sort of the threshold that you look for. But right. Miles Murphy was 161, uh, but that was at his pro day. And uh, Will Anderson's 161. And then you got the freaks, right? But the freaks are kind of undersized. So you got Nolan Smith right. with a 152, and he ran a 43940, but he's 6'2, 238. But I'm kind of done selling guys like that short, although he's some he's somebody I would have busted on. Like in, you know, five years ago, Nolan Smith would have been I would have been like, come hell or high water, I'm taking this guy. You know what I mean? Right. I got I get all enamored with the testing and uh the combine. And you know, I would have I've always been a big fan of his, and I still hope he is successful. I still think he will be successful. And you know, Hassan Reddick's the perfect guy for him to learn from and and eventually maybe replace right at, at a cheaper price so but you know Foskey he gets sold short pretty good value yeah he, I didn't I mean, love his team in that league right there was, against the, that was a great value I didn't love his sorry I'm looking at my spreadsheet not looking at our uh conversation here but uh his tape against OSU wasn't great he kind of plays smaller than than his size sometimes, but he's still solid. He's going to do his right. job. And he's yep. not a bendy guy, you know what I mean? He'll never be confused with Will McDonald. Agreed. Um, but he's got the size that Will McDonald doesn't, you know what I mean? And setting the edge, you know, New Orleans system, it's a good fit. Yeah. You? Who, uh, who's, you? Whose guys that you uh, – you know, thought uh, increased their uh, value with their draft landing spot and then conversely decreased their value because of their landing spot. Yeah, so I'm going to go like super deep here. And I wish I could take credit for this. But I heard it on the radio. And at the time, I was complete, completely thinking a complete 180, right? The total opposite way on this. And after I thought about it, I was like, damn, that makes sense. And that's uh, K.J. Henry for Washington, right? Uh, I don't remember we got drafted in the NFL draft, but it was super late or undrafted. Maybe I can't remember right off. But anyway, on the radio, they said, you know, they were asking him. He's like, I really like K.J. Henry. 
because who knows what they're going to do with Montez Sweat because he kind of underperformed, right? He's had the one big rookie season, and then it's kind of been a mixed bag. And you could argue not having Chase Young over there hurt him, which coincidentally they didn't pick up his fifth year option, right? Because he can't he can't seem to stay healthy. And they're like, you know, if they don't want to keep Sweat because he's not producing, and you didn't re- you've not picked up the fifth year option on him. KJ Henry can step in and see some meaningful snaps this year, right? So you got Sweat and, and Young as your starters. But man, neither one of them's guaranteed back, and you've got this young guy right here. And he plays right he'll be playing right next to Payne and, and uh Jonathan Allen. So it's not like he's gonna have to carry it because those two dudes up the middle are just insane. But yeah, I was like, man, I when it first hit me, I was like, KJ Henry to Washington. I was like, no. You got Chase Young, you got Montez Sweat, Payne, Allen. And I was like, no, I don't like that. Then when they said that, I was like, man, you know, I could be wrong. But yeah, a late round guy, like super late. I kind of like him. I don't know if you like him or not. But. Uh, he was hovering, hovering around my top 50 uh, on my original list for the dwc draft for in uh, early march there we have it on uh, right. st patrick's day but uh you know uh right before i went into that draft he was right around my top 50 he's undersized but um let's see what i say about him uh i, I was gonna get into the fact that there was a trade um in our league uh today with uh involving um face young so uh Ooh. It'll give your listeners a, an idea of the value. So Bloodline gives up his 2024 second round pick to uh, Superfly Snuka, who is a new owner taking over a team who gave up Rashid Shahid, who, you know, he's kind of like him a little bit as a deep sleeper for, well, I don't know. I wouldn't call him deep sleeper anymore. He had some success last year, but a sleeper, I guess, in uh, New Orleans. And Chase Young. So Chase Young, Rashid Shahid for a 2024 second round draft pick. I'd take it. Which side? I'd You'd take the second, second rounder, I assume, right? Is what you're saying? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're selling on, on Chase Young. It's a little bit of a buy low on Chase Young in, in a way for me. And, then, and it's a little bit of a sell high on Chase Young, too. I know what you're saying. You're exactly right, right? But think of this. The draft capital that you spent on him, and I, and, right. and by the way, this is something I'm going rabbit holes. So every year at this time, anybody that has IDP rookie drafts, send them to me. I don't care what kind it is, just rookie drafts with IDP. I do a whole spreadsheet. Right? Chase Young, over the last three or four years, was one of five, I think, maybe six uh, rookies. IDP that got drafted in the first round of drafts, right? So if you got Chase Young, you probably invested at least a second in him. I mean, there was a lot of draft capital put into him if you're a fantasy owner. And he showed – Probably even a first. Probably a late first rounder. Yeah, yeah. I forget where it was. I want to say the average of him was like 110, 111. Exactly. Based on your link or whatever. But, yeah. So – Great rookie year, 
look good, right? And then everything, the injuries and whatever has happened, still want a healthy on the field. You see it, right? He's a stud. You know what you paid for, but my point is, with all this stuff happening lately, his fantasy value has just dropped big time, right? I had him in a couple leagues, not last year, but the year before the start of last year. I got out early on him, and I got second rounders back for him. I was like, I'll take it. I think his values well, just dropped so much that my point is to this trade, I'm taking that second round pick because I don't know that you can trade him for anything better than that. I would, no, I would, if you just told me that, I'd have said no. That never happened because I well, would think his values are a third right now. That's why Rashid Shahid is thrown in there too, though, in a way, like. Uh, Right, and I like Shahid. I can see both sides of that, and uh, like I think it's a fair deal, really. You know what I mean? Like uh, I could see a second rounder being too rich for Bloodline to give up without that little bit of a throw in with Rashid Shahid, and uh, but also I could see Chase Young uh, as a good buy low right now, right with like contract year now, and. I always said you, you can go back. I bet you I've said it on IDP Nation that I think Chase Young is a little soft, right? And uh, you know, I he I, it didn't doesn't surprise me the way everything panned out with him. Whereas you know, I was willing to give up. I, I, I looked at this earlier today too um, for Nick Bosa. I remember coming on a couple of shows ago or the or the one before and saying you know how I I kind of played that game where. I was saying all up to the rookie draft that I didn't didn't like uh, Nick Bosa and I thought that he uh, he was never going to be as good as his brother Joey. But in my uh, my mind, I was always going to take him. Right? I had I had pick one point oh eight or one point oh nine. I couldn't remember. And then I figured it out today, and now I can't remember. Okay, so I had one point oh nine, and I didn't have any pick before that. And so, so this is how much I believe in IDP and that scoring system. DN scored high. And I took, I smashed Nick Bosa at 1.09. But so you're looking at the difference between Nick Bosa and what he did and staying healthy for the most part. And now he's defensive player of the year versus Chase Young, you know, and there's those intangibles that you kind of got to look at, you know, does he play hard all the time? Is he more of a prima donna? Like uh, that's the way I felt about Chase Young, you know, and I, I called him soft. I guarantee you, I called him soft to you. I called him soft to Kyle. I called him soft to, called, called him soft to everybody. I don't deny the talent. Anybody with half a brain can see that the guy is very talented and he's got all the measurables you want, but there's just that heart that's lacking. You know what I mean? And in that same draft in 2019, by the way, I took Brian Burns in the fourth round who many people were not high. I don't know. You're one of them as well, but it's panned out pretty good, you know? So first in a fourth rounder, you get Nick Bosa and Brian Burns on your team. I'm, I'm sure whoever the owner is of that team now, because it was a one QB league and there was something like in the playoffs the year before the, the commissioner screwed up the playoff seating. And I think he kind of did it on purpose. Uh, I'm not going to say what league or what commissioner and whatever. I'm not going to get into all that, but like it was kind of a greasy thing that he did and he changed it after the fact. And so the original seedings, I would have beat him and gone to the final but the way he had it, but the way it was supposed to be, which somebody noticed, uh, it changed it. And actually I would have won it all first year, took over an orphan. Oh, wow. 
would have won it all. But somebody noticed it and it changed it. And I ended up losing in the semifinal and went in third place instead, which, you know, what's right is right. I'm not all that upset about it, but it was just kind of, and the one QB thing I've never been a fan of at all. I'm super flex all the way. I just think it's kind of Bush league and minor league, but I can understand some people wanting to play one QB leagues too. And legends is one QB league. I took over and over from there, but I'm a little more mature now as well as what, what I was even three, four years ago, you know, like, I was still wild back then. I would I would get, you know, emotional about certain things and and uh, you know, when I'm competitive with certain people and certain certain owners, uh the fur can fly and uh you know what I mean? I was just like, fuck you guys. And uh so <laughs> but I'm just saying that Nick Bosa and Brian Burns were some pretty good cornerstone DNs in my first rookie draft there if I had to saw it through. And hopefully whoever got that team, you know, did something with them and but I had some other shitty picks there too though. You know, I look yeah. back at my drafts, and I'm like, huh, not so shit out, are you, bud? So. Right, and, and to this trade, you know, we were talking about young here. So I pulled up my spreadsheet where I've been tracking this. So 2020, he was the number one overall drafted IDP that year in rookie draft, Chase Young. He was drafted at 12.4. An average of 12.4, so the 112, 113. Um, most of these leagues had averaged out to a team size of 14. I think it was like 13.8. So 14-team league, you're getting him at 12 to 13, so dead end of the first round, right? Um, you go back and look at Nick Bosa, and he was drafted at – an average of 13.8, so almost a full round or more later than Young, right? Um, Nick Bosa. I understand, but give me the numbers again. Sorry, I just the Celtics just polished off Philadelphia in Philadelphia, 114-102. <laughs> uh, nice. I, I, no, I, I was talking about Chase Young. Yeah, I know those numbers weren't jiving for me, though. The drop-off from Chase Young's average draft position to Nick Bosa's. Can you just give it to me one more time? So it's the other way around. So Chase Young was drafted. These leagues, the average team average team size is 13.8, so 14-team leagues. So Chase Young was drafted at an average of 12.4. So in a 14-team league, he's drafted at 112, 113. Um and he was the first IDP rookie off the board that year, 2020. Okay? You go back a year before, 2019, Nick Bosa was drafted at 13.8, almost a full round or more later. No, it's not a full round. It's just one pick. That's what I'm trying to say to you. Well, you're looking at 112, 113. He's going at a pick of – yeah, that is right. Yeah, I miscalculated. Yeah, I had to stop you there in your tracks because it's just really no, a, pick, a pick or two later. I didn't want you to give out any misinformation. I thought maybe I heard you no, wrong. No, that's though. fine. That's good. Yeah. Which is weird because Nick Bosa that year was the third IDP off the board. Yeah. He he was in the class with Devin Bush. Not Devin White. Right? Not for the dudes, not for Razor. He was his. No, I mean, he was in he that was same draft. one IDP. Right. Who, 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 so he who went 13.8. Huh? Who went ahead of him that year? 
uh, in fantasy drafts, it was Devin Bush and Devin White. Okay. Yeah, I understand Devin White, and we've had this discussion many times on here, so I won't rehash yep, it. We have. No, yeah, we de we definitely don't need to rehash that. Um, so I'm gonna bounce around here. That was one of mine. I don't we. We go down some rabbit holes. That's cool, um, though, man. That's cool that you do that. Yeah. I mean, it's free. Anybody wants it, all you got to do is ask me and you can get the link. So, I, it, you know, I put it in our listener leagues. You know, our three listener leagues, I post it to them, and they like to look at it. It's just a – you do what you want to it to them, right? It's right. the average of the dra of where you got drafted in rookie drafts and – it's all in order, right? So whoever's first and it goes on down. So yeah. And, and I, think that, I think that might be why you trade a lot of picks too, right? Because you don't want to skew the the data, right? You're you uh right. you want to see what other people would do in some of our drafts. And so maybe Perma right. could learn a lesson from that. Yeah. I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, Definitely. Uh, he needs he needs to see this for sure. I do that too though, right? Like I want to see how far a guy is gonna drop if I don't draft him, right? Like Tavius yeah. Robinson. So he never got drafted sure. in NWO. And uh, I, you know, I took, I got him real late and I found like it was a steal pre-draft. I was bragging, you know, pre-NFL draft. And then he landed with the Ravens. And so that's not a shit hot landing spot, in my opinion, for a defensive end. Uh, they don't generally produce. I mean, they do sometimes to a certain degree and, Maybe somebody could throw some stats in my face that disprove what I'm saying. But my general feeling on it is that, you know, that I don't feel like they really produce. Right. Like uh, right. some of them, some of them do. And they're mostly half decent. Right. It's almost like the Patriot system. It's more of a team. You know what I mean? That's more right. of a you have a role. There's no real individuals like Roquan's going to pile up stats, of course. And some people seem to think that that's a bad spot for Trenton Simpson because of that. But I feel like like look what Patrick. Queen did last year. You know what I mean? He still uh, produced fantasy relevant stats, even though we all thought he was dead. And, uh, right. you know, he had a great, he had a good year, real good year. Like I remember a trade happening before the season started in DWC. And I was like, Oh, I don't know about that. Patrick Queen might be dead. And he had a, definitely a fantasy relevant season. I would say it's like a linebacker two or a linebacker three at worst type season. And like, so, but now they didn't pick up his fourth year option or fifth year option. Sorry. Yeah. It would have been his fourth year fifth option. Year option. Uh, was he a first rounder though? I think so. I'm almost positive. I'll look that up because I don't want to be wrong, but I'm almost positive. That, that would probably make more sense actually. But anyways, um, bottom line is, is that, you know, he might be in some trouble in Baltimore. Yes. He was a first rounder. He went 28th overall to Baltimore in that 2020 draft. At so, yeah, back into the first, but 28th overall, yeah. I just think that, you know, Trenton Simpson and uh, Roquan make a better combination, and it might not happen right away. And maybe I'm too high on Trenton Simpson, you know, with my player evaluation as well as landing spot evaluation. But to me, I just don't think it's – as bad of a landing spot as people think. Like, sure, Roquan's going to have a shit ton of stats, but it's almost right. like the Seattle system where it can support two. Not quite as good, but still the, the linebacker two you. in Baltimore is going to have some fantasy relevance, some IDP relevance, you know what I mean, as at least a, a linebacker three. Right. And the funny thing is – 
Patrick Queen maybe yeah. had his best season in his career last year. Yeah. I mean, you look at the numbers, he was up in a lot of categories, including tackles and solos and sacks and interceptions and passing. I mean. And when Rogue One showed up. Year. It'd be interesting. Yeah, even with Rogue One. Yeah, and I bet you um, it helped. I bet you it helped him. It'd be interesting to look at that if you split it up to pre uh, Roquan and post Roquan. I wouldn't be one bit surprised if his stats improved once Roquan was there. Right. So, Trenton Simpson, all, all I'm trying to say is that the Trenton Simpson landing spot isn't as bad as I've heard some people try to say right and i i don't really right. read i don't really read a whole lot like i don't look at any real idp like articles or news or listen to podcasts or any of that stuff i just go on my own like my own opinions right i don't listen to anybody else i feel like it's lose lose in that situation you know because if i go with somebody else's i almost always regret going with somebody else's opinion no matter what even if it's a guy respecting college fantasy football you know what I mean? If he's wrong, right, he could be wrong nine out of ten times. And if I listen to him that one out of ten times, well, you know, I'm going to be pissed off at him. And I didn't go with my gut. And I'm be pissed off at myself and be pissed off at both of us. So I don't even, you know what I mean? I don't even entertain. I, I do what I want. I do what I think. And I don't look at any of that stuff at all. I try hard to not to look at it. So you're, you'll see some of my evaluations are much different than other people's because I just – don't put any stock in anybody else. And when it, it, not to be arrogant or anything, but like, to me, that's what it's all about. Like, this is my fantasy football team. I'm the fantasy GM I'm running it. And this is my team. Exactly. I think it's exactly. kind of pussy to put your name on somebody else's stuff, right? Like be a man and, yeah. and own it and do your own evaluations and your own work. But also I understand that some people don't have that kind of time commitment too. And that's why they listen to somebody like, they take advice from guys like you or even me, like who've been around for a while and have been doing this for a while. And, you know, it's, it, it's, it's cuts down on what the time they have to commit or, you know, most people have, uh, you know, busy lives. They don't have the time to commit to it. So, right. and whatever, I don't know. I just said my You're piece, good. but I kind of regret saying it in a way, but I mean, that, that's just the way I feel about it personally. No, my teams are always going to be, my guys and it's going to be you know it's not going to be because i heard it from somebody else or because somebody else influenced me not to right. say that i've never been influenced or not to say that i don't get you know a little bit uh up in arms if somebody says something this or that or whatever you know i mean i'm just like anybody else i can kind of be swayed a little bit but not not much really right um so a player, another one that I liked, um, I felt like he should have been a first rounder right in the draft. Um, I had him as my number three overall safety um, behind uh, Branch and Johnson, actually. Um, but anyway, I had him as a number three safety, and that is um, J.L. Skinner, right? Going to line up beside uh, Caden Stearns, two, the strong and a free. And then they got two veterans in front of them who – have played a long time, Justin Simmons and um, I forget the other one's name. Well, that's the way I see. I kind of see it a little differently. I see Stearns and 
J.L. Skinner competing, right? And maybe one of them plays the big nickel. They play the slot and, and cover tight ends and maybe, whatnot. Maybe. But Simmons is more the free safety, in my opinion. Right. Right. But, I mean, he's getting up there, right? I mean, he's played a while. So that was kind of what I was going with. Maybe when Simmons is gone, it's Skinner and Stearns together. Once those, uh, Who's their other safety? Who's the strong? Because Simmons is the free. Somebody else. They, who? Stearns. Yeah, well, last year, but they had a veteran in front of him before he took over full time. Oh, it used to so, be uh, Kareem. Um, Kareem Jackson. Yeah, and they still yeah. might resign him. That that could be the fly yeah. in the ointment there. And they also, but yeah, had, I mean, they also had Delaire and Turner Yell there in the mix. Yeah, 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 yeah. But my point is, I, I like the landing spot for him. Um, DWC, he went pick forty overall, three eleven. Um, so a lot you of us him. thought you, you got him late in NWO. Uh, yeah, NWO. If I can find it real quick, I got it for, uh, for you. I think you got him in the eighth round, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, that 7. sounds right. 87 overall, JL Skinner, Hollywood Hope. Yeah, and that's in an offense defensive league. So, yeah, I mean, I like it. The value you can get him at in drafts. Because he's coming off the injury, right? That already hurt him a little bit. Um, I think that's why he slid in the NFL draft. If he was fully healthy and contested at the combine, dude, he'd have been a first-round pick, and it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have even been close. He's that good. I mean, he's huge. Six three, six four, I think it is. Two hundred, two oh nine, two twelve, and he runs like he does. His range, the way he hits like a linebacker. I mean. You can do so many things with a player of his skill set that's aggressive and physical. I'm kind of surprised that that Detroit didn't take him somewhere, right? Because that's he's got Matt Campbell written all over him, that style of player. Um, yeah, I just uh, – J.L. Skinner, I think he's going to be something special. Uh, love the landing spot in Denver. Because I think him and Stearns are going to be the, they're going to be the duo, and uh, the volume's going to be there, right? Because Denver's trying to learn how to win again. New head coach, Sean Payton, you know, all this stuff. So yeah, I, I like JL Skinner. I really do. I like him too, just because of his style. And I mean, he'll smack you. You know what I mean? I had him ranked uh, oh, yeah. 22, 22, 23 overall for. Uh, pre-draft, right, pre-NFL draft, uh, just because of his style of play, right? I like safeties that are going to be up in the box and that aren't afraid to mix it up and throw their uh, their head into uh, into people and, uh, you know, throw their – just get in the mix, right? Like, that's why I kind of like Jordan Battle a little more than Brian Branch too, uh, value-wise, pre-NFL draft, but now those roles are kind of reversed, right? Uh, right. That was very interesting to see, right, where – Branch went in our in our uh, DWC draft for, versus you know well he still went too high in my opinion in the NWO but the the in our mock draft that we did with uh, well you weren't there that night but um, uh, Trip Kyle uh, Kyle Belfuel your your normal co-host here and uh, I don't even know Trip's last name but uh, Brebner or something like that they they're both on uh, football uh, what is this. Uh, yeah, football football guys. Guys. yeah, 
and uh, two good IDP heads, two intelligent guys, along with Doc. He knows what he's talking about. Chop, he knows what he's doing. He's been in leagues forever. Uh, uh, Doomsday Justice, our new owner in DWC, he's been in college fantasy football for 23 years, he said. He obviously knows his shit because he had a great – First draft with us. And, yeah, they know uh, him from some, uh, they know him from the Dig podcast and uh, yeah, your Debbie IDP grind. Yeah, yeah, they know him from there. And then Doc, you know, he's he's over at Dynasty Football Factory. So yeah, your your DWC league is loaded, man. We've that's a yeah, that's, some good owners. But yeah, so like eight of us too, I think. I, I like that about that league. I think it's going to be so cutthroat in a good way, not like purposely trying to cheat or anything but like some of the deals to get stuff done and none of us really wanting to give or take right right we're going into year three correct four year four that is right so we're heading into year four so now you're starting to see these rookie classes really starting to develop right um man i can't wait for this season to uh my point with that whole thing was that in our DWC draft, right, that started early or mid-March, uh, March. I, can tell you, I can tell you exactly where uh, Branch went compared to uh, Jordan Battle, right, pre-landing spot. Branch went at 1.10, okay? And, I mean, taking safeties high is probably stupid, and I did the same thing, so I'm not shitting on – the guy who picked Brian Branch in the first round because he was consensus safety number one by a lot of people at that time. I didn't like yeah. him as much, but you know, I um, dummy that took Antonio Johnson and he went in the fifth round. So, you know what I mean? Taking safeties early is not a good strategy. I've already said that I've already been on record. Safety is sort of a devalued position in the real world and IDP, although it's starting to gain more value again, but they're sort of a diamond dozen, I guess I would say sort of right. like, uh, Sort of like wide receivers a bit, uh, in my opinion, which I know some people will scream blasphemy at that. But back to the point of the matter here is that uh, um, Brian Branch went at number 10 overall pre-NFL draft in a league full of knowledgeable IDP owners. Jordan Battle went 27 overall. Then we do the post-NFL draft, the night, the Saturday night that the draft ended with all those guys that I just mentioned. Uh, all very knowledgeable IDP guys, and uh, it reverses. And what happens is Jordan uh, Battle ends up going 25 overall. Uh, Doc takes him, and Brian Branch goes after with Trip at 30 overall. So landing spot made that much of a difference. And even if you say, okay, well, safety was taken high in the DWC draft, and that's you know, uh, might not happen in other leagues, which is probably true. But, you know, you're probably still looking at an early second round value on Brian Branch, even back then in an IDP only league. And it drops all the way down to early fourth. So it's about two rounds difference. Whereas Jordan Battle goes from 27 overall, and he gets just a slight bump up to 25 overall. But still, the values have reversed yeah based on landing spot absolutely um i'm gonna look here and throw you a few names try to uh get your instant reaction because your instant reactions to stuff 
is some of my favorite, right? Whether you're you're being serious or whether you're just fucking around, you know, shooting the shit and mouthing off. But your initial first takes on any subject is awesome, and I love it. Now, you may get, not saying you're right or wrong, but when you get to analyzing and breaking stuff down or thinking stuff over, you're a little more complex, right? But that initial reaction, I'm like, bam, that's it. It's either bam, that's it, or he's crazy as hell. That's your instant reaction. That's that's my instant reaction to your take. It's it's crazy. Well, yeah. well um, first and foremost, I'm a shit disturber, right? I'm a contrarian. <laughs> right? I'm a contrarian by nature. I'm always stirring the pot. And also, right? I'm honest. Uh, I'm, I'm quite honest, right? But a lot yeah. of times... You know what I mean? A lot of times it's tongue in cheek, it's sarcasm, and it's just, you know, poking, poking the bear kind of stuff. But I think, I think people that don't know me, you know what I mean? And, and they only have the written word to go by on some of these message boards and stuff. Like, they're like, is this guy serious? And then they're like, he might be serious. This guy's fucking crazy, you know? And yeah, I am a little crazy, but also, like, I'm mostly trying to incite riots. I'm trying to get reactions. You know, I, I can't stand boring leagues that, you know, a couple words get said and I don't know, everybody's holding hands singing kumbaya, you know, like I like a competitive league with some fire and some banter. Right. So so we're going to, I'm going to circle back to this question. Hopefully I can remember it. Anyway, I'm going to circle back to it. So you're talking about leagues and everything, which is a good segue. My fancy league. They sponsor all of our listener leagues. Uh, you know, they help us out with that so we can uh, help you guys learn how to play. Uh, some of you is experienced. I think one of the listener leagues, it's it's pretty experienced players. So um, I know Kyle's in them, Dan's in them. Uh, I think Brock is in one or Chop is in one. So pretty experienced. But anyway, that's not the point. So thank you to MFL, which brings up a topic. And I don't know how well versed you are or whatever on, on some of it, but it happened in a group chat. And <laughs> <laughs> so what it, it was a what, had, what had happened was <laughs> exactly what had happened was, yes. <laughs> yes. So it's in a listener late group chat, right? And they were talking about IDP and one, I forget which one, whoever person A said, well, IDP needs standard scoring. In other words, super flex scoring, one QB floor scoring, you know, like the offense. And the other guy kind of chimed in and said, well, you know, I think it works just fine. The appeal for me is that Almost every IDP league is different. Some way, somehow, scoring, whatever. Right? So, these two got a little miffed in the chat. Which was, okay, I enjoy that shit. You know, I kind of get a kick out of it, I ain't gonna lie. But, this little disagreement stemmed from a social media question. Where they were talking about uh, IDP scoring. And one of them has done a lot of work and set up his own scoring that's pretty well known. I, I'm not going to call anybody out. And then the other one, he's like, well, 
they just got in an argument, and that's where this boiled over. So, my question to you is: Do you do you think we need like a universal or a standardized scoring? Because I get it, and here's my one point on this. I don't know what I'm talking. My one point on this: for people that's never played IDP, they kind of, anytime you do something, you kind of want to read the rules, read the scoring, right? So you have a understanding of what's going on. Well, they do that, but they may go to another IDB league and it's completely different. And this guy's different. This league is different. So I get it from from an early first timer that you might want that standardization. I just joined a free IDB league the first time I that because I had no clue how it worked. I had an idea, but you know, as far as the scoring and evolved from there, but. Other than the new players, the new ones, we'll kind of exclude them. Do you – and I think I know the answer to this because we're in a lot of the same leagues. Do you think there needs to be like a set scoring – as I mentioned, Superflex, 1QB, whatever. Do you think there needs to be a set for the better of IDP or do you – are you kind of like me? Hey, I love the difference. This league scores it this way. This league scores it this way. Because my personal preference for, for any type of league is IDP, and the defense has to score as good as the offense. It has to be balanced. In other words, whatever premiums I need to make, tight end premium, defensive tackle premium, position specific, right? you got to play D tackles. you got to play corners. A corner on any given great year could be the number one overall scorer in the league. That's kind of – that's my favorite league, scoring league. But I know not everybody's that crazy. So do you think – needs some standardization or do you like the differences? Sorry, and I know I talked too long, but oh no, you definitely don't talk as long as me. I mean <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't need to apologize about that. And uh you know me, man. I'm I'm against uh like conventional norms. I'm against conventional wisdom, you know. Uh, I try to find inequities. And so like I look for ways to exploit anything, any any scoring system, any you know, general rankings, conventional rankings, you know, standardized ranking, standardized scoring. Like to me, that's all boring, but like, you know, I don't have a real, like, I feel like I could win in either one, but uh, like our leagues are, you know, customized. We, we, we made this scoring system for DWC and NWO from, from scratch. And the way we did it was by, you know, and, and I still believe strongly, like, even though I'm a hardcore IDP guy, I believe it should reflect real football in a way too. Like quarterbacks should yeah. be scoring the most in any fucking league. You know what I mean? Like, and the best quarterbacks should give you an advantage, right? That's, that's the way it is. That's the way the real world works. And that's, I feel that should be reflected in fantasy, but I get your point. Like, and in our scoring system, that's the way it is, you know, like, um, Chris Jones can outscore uh, DK Metcalf, you know what I mean, by by a substantial amount, right? Or could be right on up there with like a top ten uh, wide receiver, uh, as he should be. He's a top five D tackle, you know, and and that's real life value reflected in fantasy, in my opinion. But it's interesting you bring up the the corner thing because uh, in uh, when we made. Chopin and I made this in uh, 2020, uh, thinking, so the problem we were having with the scoring system, and I couldn't remember this guy's name for the life of me, uh, um, 
when, when earlier when I was doing a, a YouTube video, um, and I'm still blanking out on it, but that guy just had the uh, is it, it, oh Logan Ryan is who it was. Oh Logan Ryan, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had such a crazy year that year, 2019, I think it was, maybe 2020, and because uh, this league started in 2020, I believe, and uh, it I had to make it like. The way the way we put it in the system at first he had like 400 points right and uh the second highest uh scoring player was you know say 100 points behind i'm like well that you know that can't happen right like we we can't have have uh logan ryan outscoring the the field by 100 points so you know we we sort of depressed it but it was a trial and error thing and the way we did it was we looked at the top performers, right? After we made this or that adjustment and I was pretty meticulous about it. And Chopin was probably a little bit annoyed, but it, you know, also I think he, he was down with the process as well and the, and the methodology and yeah, you know, this looks right. right. Like when we got the scoring system and we looked at it and we're like, yeah, these are the most valuable IDP guys in uh, an order that makes sense. And so that's how we did it. And uh, it could be different. It, a lot of people, you know, uh, from the outside looking in that had been playing in a lot of different leagues made the comment that they think that we achieved balance with our scoring system. And so we're proud of it. And you know what I mean? And Chop's been a, a commissioner of many, many leagues over the years. And he likes it so much <laughs> that, you know what I mean? He's sticking with it. So, I feel, you know, I'm proud of the one we, we created. And I like the the differences more so than I like the standardization is the, the the but I I don't feel super strongly and like you said you join a league you better read the rules you better know your scoring yeah. system but it ain't that, that hard either you if you don't do that right but it ain't that hard either it's not rocket science MFL no. makes it e your sponsor makes it easy for people all the data is yep. right there you know what I mean you got your top scorers from the year before. It's not hard to tell, right? It's like I broke it down that other day. I went into great detail about, you know, where the variance between, you know, your top scorers at a position and, you know, how far down that list goes. And that tells you how valuable it is. That tells you how, where you got to draft these guys. You know, if you got, if you got only 10 points difference between your cornerback one and your cornerback 86, well, then you can wait on corners because there's a whole clump of them that are going to produce about the same. You know what I mean? And but if exactly. you got a deep you got your top five D tackles that are so much further ahead of uh you know your 15 to 20 or 20 to 30 guys, like uh you gotta get yourself an elite D tackle. Uh, it's not exactly. rocket science. But yeah, yep. I like the I like the differences and the different scoring systems more so than the standardized stuff. And I think the standardized bullshit kind of lets people not not be lazy but i mean they could play like a bunch of fucking leagues you know what i mean and they play by the same rules all the time and they can sort of rinse and repeat and do the same things and do the same strategies over and over again and you know what i mean i think that's why some people push for that because they get in 100 leagues they look at it like you know a way to make some money and it is a way to make money for for some people and for for myself included you know every christmas but also you know like I don't know. I'm just not down with that kind of machine or like conventional 
way of looking at things and standardization. Uh, I'd rather the differences. I'd rather the uniqueness. I'd rather the, you know, find ways to uh, to exploit different things, look for inequities. Either way, though, it works. You got the inequities either way, right? And exactly. you look at all of this stuff on, uh, like, uh, what is that league that kind of takes an average of all of the quote-unquote experts' opinions, pro fantasy or oh, fantasy uh, pros or something like that? Something like that. I don't remember exactly that is, the name of it. Yeah. But, like, you know, so you know everybody's looking at stuff like that, a lot of people. And so you just say, hey, I got this guy higher. I got this guy lower. You know what I mean? I'll be, and you kind of try to judge where you're going to be able to get somebody in a startup draft based on that or, you know, rookie drafts, rookie rankings. Well, I, I feel more strongly about this guy. And that's why it's good to do these things early, in my opinion, right? Our draft before the, the real NFL draft, before there's any information out there. So, you know what right. I mean? You got you to gotta be a real man about it. And, and, oh, yeah. uh, Definitely. and some people wouldn't like that. Right. Some people are sort of, they like the known, you know, they, they want to go with draft capital. I find that's kind of boring, but you know, it is, it is relevant. I mean, landing spot is the biggest factor. I'm not going to sit there and claim that it isn't, but, uh, for the, for the most part, I like things that are, are different and I, you know, I don't like swimming with the current. I'm always swimming against the current. I'm always trying to zig when people zag and zag when people zig, right? Normally that involves me taking IDP earlier than anybody else. Exactly. Yeah. But, but chopping stole my strategy this year. And so I had to do something that I hate to do, which I haven't done in five years. Right. I always wait on wide receivers. That's my thing. Start up. Rookie draft, I don't give a shit what it is. I wait. Unless, like, um, if I can get to the top of a draft, but I'm never at the top of a draft, unless I trade up to it. I remember one year, I think maybe it was the COVID year. The year after that, uh, I had a fairly high draft pick because it's it's one of two years ever that I didn't make the playoffs. And uh, I, I, I mean, I'm going to use the excuse. Fuck, it was a COVID year, man. People were testing positive in and out of the lineups. Like, fuck, man. Our, our college side of it was canceled altogether, and the pro side was a joke. Oh, that sucked. I was so pissed. Right? So I, I don't even know if I set lineups all year, to be quite frank, and whatever. I had a fairly easy early pick. I had like a 1.04. But that is very, very rare. I think it's the only time I can ever remember I had any sort of close to high pick, and I traded up to 1.02. It was I was either 1.03 or 1.04, and I traded up to 1.02, and I took Jamar Chase. Right? Because I felt like he was that special. I took him ahead of T-Law. Right? And uh, mm. just the way that scoring system works out and just, you know, some people might think that's crazy or still think that's a loss, but it was a win, a win all the way. And But that's not something typical that I do. That's one of the rare instances. And I'm not – I'm always drafting at the back end and I'm always trading my draft capital and I'm always in win-now mode. And then I'm trying to catch up and get draft capital back after the fact. But this year in that league, um, you know, uh, chopping took the IDPs early, man. And it, it screwed my whole plan up. But what are you going to do? You're not just going to throw your hands in there and give up. You're going to do – you're going to – I'm going to zag. I'm going to do the opposite of what I've done for five years. And now, you know, I'm not going to take Nick Bosa, you know, 
early in in this draft type deal like I did in the other one where everybody else is thinking offense first offense 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 and I go after the elite defensive end or elite whatever right um and this year I had to go with wide receivers and not only that but small wide receivers like it goes against everything I believe in but I have to get with the times the NFL is changing and you know small receivers are starting to you know, like it's, it's just a matter of time. And the college game is, you know, and, and college uh, sort of air raid offenses. They're not quite here yet, but they're get, it's it's passing league in the NFL. Now there's no doubt about it. It used to be a rushing league. You know, smaller players are having success. Never used to happen. Quarterbacks, you know, they're not prototypical size. They don't have to be anymore. You know, coaches finally got smart and they're tailoring their offenses or they're defenses to their players strengths and weaknesses well to their strengths right what do they do well they're not trying to be like these archaic old coaches where it's my way the highway and trying to fit a square peg into a round hole so but anyways i kind of went on a tangent there and the, the long and the short of it oh, is no, you're if, I had to choose, if i had to choose one or the other i'm choosing like the differences the the uniqueness the the uh, you know having to know about the the scoring system for the most part, but there are some leagues rules that I think are completely whack. I'm not going to get into them, but uh, you know, and, and it's my fault for not really uh, reading the rules, right? So exactly. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. But I still like. Do I give up? No. Like, no, I'll, no, I'll no, 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 no. fight. I'll fight in that league that I'm talking about to the bitter end. I'll compete. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's it's very shallow league compared to the ones I'm used to, and the taxi squad is only for one year. It's only for rookies, and it's only five. You know what I mean? I'm used to like at least ten, usually twenty. The rosters are only thirty. I'm used to you know fifty minimum, basically. Like even in our DWC IDP only players, it's fifty man rosters and twenty man taxis for players three years or less. I feel strongly about that. I'll tell you that taxi squads, you know, you need more than just one year to develop somebody, especially, you know what I mean? Like the IDPs in particular, or even tight ends, you know, like they take a while. Yeah. Not every player is just going to make the jump from college to the NFL and be a, a, a star or a budding star or, you know, show that potential right away. It's a big jump. Yeah, it's a huge jump. Bigger than a lot of people would like to admit, right? Um, so back to our rookies. Just wanted your insight on that because I, I saw that today and last night. So I was just curious your thoughts on the scoring. So that's cool. Um, let's see what rookie can I pop you with here. Um. I'm all hopped up on the energy drinks there, and I went on a tangent, and I no, you're didn't really stick to the question, but hey. So so another one that I liked was Jordan Battle to Cincinnati, right? They lost Von yeah. Bell. They lost Jesse Bates. I know they got Daxton Hill and Tyson Anderson there, but they're, Daxton Hill's probably going to stay at corner. Um, Anderson, he's kind of still learning his way, right, rookie from last year. So you get Jordan Battle here, I think he has a shot to be a freaking starter right out the gate, right? I mean, as long as he comes in, there's no no reason to believe he wouldn't from Alabama, right? He knows how to come in, learn the playbook, do the plays, all that stuff. So, man, if you need safety help, 
I'd definitely take Jordan Battle. I think there's there's a lot of you know Brian Branch with the big safety, but I think the value fancy wise, Jordan Battle is the guy right now. Well, I see it a little differently than you because I see Dax Hill as more of the free safety. I know they're pretty interchangeable nowadays, right? And that's what you're looking for is that, you know, there's that key word that you use a lot and a lot of people use is that versatility, right? You want to be able to disguise what you're in. You don't want to have these set roles where, well, that guy's the free safety and that guy's the strong safety and he's, you know, good against the run and he's good against the pass. You want them to be able to do both at all the time so you can, you know, disguise your coverages, disguise your blitzes, you know, any quarterback from grade seven on can, you know, pick apart a defense when he knows what it is. It's the disguising it that that is the key, right? If you don't know what it is, if you have to think that extra half second, second longer, you know what I mean? That's what you're trying to do from a defensive coordinator standpoint. But so in the in Cincinnati, I see it as Jordan Battle and Nick Scott. Nick Scott, they signed from the the Rams. Uh, probably, I'm going to look at his contract right now, but I wouldn't say it's for anything long term. I'd say he's just more of a bridge uh, stopgap option. And uh, Jordan Battle has a, ch- a chance to uh, unseat him maybe even right away. So let's see, 2023. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's not that big a deal. I mean, he'll. I think they'll. He would just be there. Whoever wins that job, like they they both got a 50-50 shot. It's a fair, you know what I mean, fight. Uh, with what they're paying him, Nick Scott, he could be a backup and they'd still be happy, you know, or and Jordan. So Jordan Battle has, a, you know, just as good a chance to start other than the fact that he doesn't have the same experience in the NFL that Nick Scott does, having, you know, been there for four years and being 27 years old and, uh, you know, there's a lot that goes into uh, being a rookie, not just on the field stuff, but off the field stuff, you know. And But, you know, they can get out of it pretty easy in 2024 with Nick Scott. So that's sort of the way I look at it there. And Dax Hill, I see more as a free safety. I definitely don't see him as a corner. But, yeah, like Jordan Battle, we touched on it earlier. He, he moved up the, the board with the landing spot. And just like you said, uh, you know, they had they lost uh, both of the, both starting safeties last year, Vaughn Bell and uh, Jesse Bates, Vaughn Bell to Carolina yep. and Jesse Bates to um, Atlanta. Atlanta. Yep. Got got the bag. Your boy. Yeah, you did. Um, so I know you're high on this guy because, I mean, you've kind of talked about him before. Their call to Seattle. Yeah. I don't love that landing spot as much as other people do, though. Because you already got the presence of your boy from Tennessee there. You know, like there, and just Darryl again, Taylor, that's yeah. more, that's more of a team approach, right? And there, yeah, but being, see, I kind of see him and Taylor being the duo. I, I, I think they're the bookends. Those nice, lean, young, fast pass rushers, right? Well, it's sort of more of a a three-four base scheme, in essence, in my opinion. There, so I see them more as like outside linebacker edges. You know what I mean? Like uh, I know that's kind of an archaic way of looking at things, and it's not. No, you're right though. 
sort of not in line with the modern NFL, but you know what I mean? If I'm going to categorize it in a way, that's, that's the way I sort of look at it. Like, you know, they signed Draymond Jones there. I got his name confused with uh, Davin Hamilton the other day from Jacksonville. And it's Davin Hamilton that I don't really like. And I think I heard you say that Draymond Jones, uh, you know, they overpaid him and you didn't get that, but like, you know, you got Jaron Reed there too. He sort of plays more of a, like a, an end role and they always have the nose tackle. That's like a legit nose tackle. You know what I mean? Like they had uh, Al Woods last year. Who went to the uh, Jets, by the Cameron. way. Yep. Pardon me? Uh, Al Woods signed with the Jets uh, this week. Yes. That's a huge. Yes. Yeah, Put next to Quentin Williams and John Franklin and those young pass rushers. He's going to have yeah, a good But job. all I'm trying to say is for Seattle's D-line, they typically have – and they drafted Cameron Young this, this year uh, sort of to play that nose tackle role. Uh, and then they got sort of like the bigger – defensive end types compared to like a four three where you can get a little bit smaller right like you know in philadelphia with uh with what they do with um uh hassan reddick and uh you know there's other instances in in the around the league but when you're more of a base three four all three of your down linemen are uh they got to be sort of bigger right they got draymond jones and and jaron reed and so i view Daryl Taylor and Derek Hall is playing the same position. You know what I mean? In a way. So yeah. I don't really see them as bookends, but I do love Derek Hall. I just don't love the landing spot as much as other people. I, I, I don't see it the same way other people see it at all with him, even though I absolutely love the player. And I think he's a dog and he's got, you know, long arms and I just love everything about him. I love his story. Uh, I've always kind of, drank Auburn Kool-Aid over the years. Uh, but, <laughs> right. you know, I love the player, but I definitely don't love the landing spot. As, and a lot of other people seem to really like the landing spot. So that's my two cents cool. on that. All right. So we've named a few. Is there anybody else that you think you like the landing spot, their value went up, or maybe somebody you think their value went down? Um. More sort of trying to get the middle figured out now. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that, that's that's the real challenge for me right now. You know, because I got some people where I love the player, I love the landing spot, and then I got a lot of them where I either love the player and don't like the landing spot, or I love the landing spot and I don't really like the player. So you know what I mean? Like my pre-draft uh, sort of talent evaluations and then you know the draft does play a part two i'm not going to sit here and say i i do never going to just draft off of a list like other people do uh but i you know it does factor into everything that's for sure you know like felix anudike uzoma right he's somebody that went up my board by you know about a full round pretty much uh at least you know about 10 spots because even though I don't love the player, even though I think he can be handled and particularly at the next level, I, you know, he's ended the first round to the chiefs, but I think that was sort of a little bit of a marketing gimmick too, with him being a Kansas state product. Right. Um, and I don't really think that's his true value. You know, he would have went though, probably early second, 
or maybe that's just right. Yeah. But still, he's somebody. He's still somebody that the landing spot has increased his value and somebody that I took in that mock draft because of that, I think it was in the, at the end of the second round. And he's somebody that I would not have taken before somebody else would have taken him in, you know, pre NFL draft. Um, who else? Like I said, Sidney Brown was a huge riser for me. He probably yeah. gained the most spots out of everybody. Um, yeah. Let me just take a look at some other things. Some it's guys so good, that I, man. So for guys that I kind of did a little bit of a reversal on from pre-draft to post-draft. Um, well, Henry Tooto, right, is a guy that I was very low on uh, coming into it all. Um, and now I'm higher on him just because of the landing spot, you know. And so I ended up taking him at 30, pick 36 overall. And I thought it was good value where he got taken in the NWO draft by you, right? And, you, and not even just because it was a homer pick because he went to Tennessee, even though he was a Bama transfer. I, I think that right. you got good good value with him. And I think that, um, you know, he's smart. And uh, Christian Kirksey is, is ahead of him. And Christian Kirksey has an injury history. And, you know, he has a shelf life. And Tooto is not, you know, physically special, Uh in any way, shape, or form, really, but he's solid. He does his job. He's smart. He's fundamentally sound, and he's where he needs to be, and he's a guy I could see wearing the green dot in the future, to be quite frank. And, That's exactly. You nailed it right there. Everybody, and, uh, I've watched him over the years, and everybody that's watched him has said the same thing that you just kind of said. Not super athletic, super over-talented, but his football IQ – his instincts and his ability to read, right? Separate him from anybody. And I think, you know, he was a leader at Tennessee. He was a leader at Alabama. And you're exactly right. He's going to, you can plug him in, put the green dot on him from 10 years, for 10 years, and he's going to have your defense set. And he's going to have everybody where they need to be. He's going to have the play called, and you can depend on him to do. Above average things, right? He's he's that good that his end, you know, he's not the most talented, but his instincts and knowledge is going to be way superior to everybody else. So, you know, if you can't read a damn play or you don't have the instincts or feel of a play, I don't give a shit how good you are at anything, right? You may get lucky and win most battles because of that, but your instincts and knowledge will set you apart from anybody. Because you have to know what you're doing and where you're going to get there. So, and yeah. Doc, Doc actually pointed out something for that mock draft that we did, uh, where you had the family emergency, um, and he said that you know the Alabama connection between D'Amico Ryan's and uh, Henry Tooto might come into play yep. a bit, and you know I just think those two will connect, like they'll be on the same wavelength, and that D'Amico Ryan's will respect that about just what you just said. He's going to know where every player on the field is supposed to be, right? He's been doing it for years, and you know what I mean? He can quarterback your defense, and uh, he can be a leader, and he doesn't have to be the best player on the field physically or athletically. He's still going to be where he's supposed to be, and he's going to have everybody else where they're supposed to be, and, you know, he's physically – or, sorry, he's physically limited, but mentally and uh, fundamentally sound. So that is a yeah. guy. Um, another guy 
is uh, uh, I'm gonna I blanked out. Oh, so I hate to do this, right? It's a draft capital thing. Hated the guy's tape. Um, didn't didn't really don't really like him in real life. He tested well, but the tape it was just uh, not good for me. But he's gonna he was drafted in the second round. I thought the Commanders made the worst pick of the first round and the worst pick of the second round, but I could see it working out for them still. And that player is Jartavius Martin. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have touched that guy with a 10 foot pole before the drive. He was undraftable for me pretty much. And now second round draft capital, perfect landing spot. You know, he's going to play, he's going to accrue IDP stats. Uh, So uh, that's somebody else. Uh, Go ahead and you can tell me what your thoughts are on him. Um, who was it? I just Jartavis forgot his name. Martin. Yeah, Jartavius. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was okay. I mean, I like the player. Um, maybe he's not as a lot of other people, but I think he's a solid player, right? Big need for the team. So, um, where did he get picked again in our fantasy draft? Which one? Do you know? Uh, DWC. Uh, I can look it up, but I mean, I guarantee it was wasn't before the fifth round. I wouldn't say, "Oh, I'm back in the early." Yeah, it was super uh, late. So, yeah, I think with that value, you know, your draft capital, but you that's pretty good value, right? Oh yeah, I'm sure it was right. And another player like that, kind of that got what I thought was taken like overdrafted a bit in our original draft, pre-draft in DWC. Um, was uh, Byron Young from Tennessee, but now it looks just right because uh, he got the perfect landing spot. So he's another guy that I'm higher on now, but he, he just gets a little bump, right? Like I think I had him 33 before, and now I think I drafted him in that mock draft at uh, what? Like, uh, let me see here. They give you the exact number. And there was a couple picks missing too. So that would give him an extra little bump, but uh I took him in the fourth round at 29 overall, and you uh, had one, two, three, four picks missed, and then uh, um, Trip ha- he came late, so that's five. So that means um, Byron Young's value is really at 24 now. So he has a healthy bump of nine draft spots for me personally on my own personal list. Um, and uh, that means Sidney Brown, if you take away those uh, three extra picks, goes up to 17. But like I said, in my new rankings, he's going to be somewhere in the, you know, it could be 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there. He, he skyrocketed for me to Philly. And I don't think a lot of people would say that really as one of their IDPs that they feel uh, made that big of a move. Uh, somebody else I saw on the list that I was thinking uh, when we were talking about some things earlier was uh, uh, Servassier Dennis is somebody that's getting a little higher on my list. Uh, yeah, I didn't really, you know, value him that highly pre-draft, but now I value him, you know, a good 10 picks, even though you're still going to have to wait, you know, for him maybe until uh, Levante David, you know, leaves town. Uh, still he's, exactly. he's he's gaining some traction, I'll say, as far as, you know, um, 
he might be in the top uh, 50 now or, or even, you know, he could be in the 40s for some people as far as IDPs only. And I exclude corners, but there could be a few corners. Another interesting thing that came out of that mock draft was Ventrell Miller was playing with uh, a broken foot all last year. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I had foot, no yeah. But both, both uh, I said it first, then Kyle said the same thing. And, and I know we're both similar the way we do our, our process and, and how we assess guys. And so in my notes, I said that I was higher on him uh, the year before, like right on my draft page. That's, that's exactly what I say uh, in my comments that I was higher on him uh, years before. And Kyle piped up and said the same thing. And it just made complete sense, but landing spot, is shit right like until they if they move on from either Devin Lloyd or Muma or well it's going to be uh Oluokun or whatever however you say his name yep. you know how do you say his last name Olukun Olukun you know sooner or later he's probably going to be the guy to move on but really though like he was a lifesaver for them last year yeah but now oh, you got yeah he was but now you got even another guy in the mix right Ventrell Miller right. who good player but you know, yeah, where's the player? player? How's that going to work out? You know, maybe special teams Maven or maybe not. You know, maybe they, I don't know. We'll see how that all shakes out. But there's a lot of cooks in that kitchen. Um, uh, I'm trying to find guys that dropped uh, is what I'm trying to find right now for you. Uh, other than, you know, Antonio Johnson and, uh, I mean, I don't love the Nolan Smith uh, landing spot either. You know, I, was, I had him in my top 10 pre-NFL draft or 11, I think, somewhere around there. And uh, See, I, had and him, I was way lower because I just wasn't a fan of his. Plus, the size kind of yeah. concerns me a little bit. Yeah, I understand that. But he sets the edge just fine for 6'2", 238, you know. Uh, yeah. He stood up to top competition in the SEC. And he plays the run better than he plays pass. Plays strong. Yeah. But there is there's definitely bust potential there though. Yep. And I'm Andre going back Carter, to the uh... Andre Carter fell like a stone for me. Oh. Like he probably fell the furthest. I took him with my last pick in that NWO draft, really just out of like I said, planting my I mean he's in a good spot in Minnesota, but man. I missed on him so far. Right now, so far, I have missed on Carter because I thought he was going to be like a third-round pick in the NFL draft. I really did. I mean, we talked about it. Right? I mentioned I'd love to see him in Philly with that wide nine or in Washington or some of those teams. But, man, he didn't even get drafted. And I'm like, dang, I'm a retard, right? I'm stupid. I don't <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. But I don't – you know, there was a lot of people – in the industry, like the NFL industry, that thought he was going to be, a, 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 you know, a fourth pick, fourth round pick, something like that. And man, I, I don't know. It seems like the draft has so shifted from what it used to be. It used to, you could kind of narrow it down and pencil it in. But you got it's like a wild card, like a wild west shootout. <laughs> Another guy I feel like is gaining some traction or his landing spot was great, even though I was on him before other people, is Shamari Connor. 
And uh, it's funny in our NWO draft, I was looking for him in the safeties. I couldn't find him. And then uh, I just searched his name and he came up as a cornerback for some stupid reason, even though he's been a safety all along in some other drafts that I've done, including this mock draft. And uh, he literally the minute that I picked him, I saw it change from cornerback uh, in the queue to safety when he was on my team and on the draft board. Just right at that exact moment, it, he was safety in my queue. And then as soon as he went on the draft board, he, or sorry, he was cornerback on my, in my queue. And as soon as he got drafted, he turned into a safety on the draft board. It was kind of <laughs> neat. And uh, at the same time, uh, um, my boy, Drew Sanders, uh, changed the linebacker. But one uh, designation that hasn't happened yet that I was sort of anticipating and Again, I listened to somebody else on this, but I mean, I still believe it will happen in the end. And I mean, this guy's definitely knowledgeable. I'm not shitting on him for saying it or blaming him or anything like that. But is uh, at a Tomaway, uh, uh, at a boy, at a Bohore or what? At a yeah, him. Yeah, uh, he's, <laughs> he, should, he, should, he should get a D tackle designation, right? Should uh, yes, in, definitely in my opinion, but it hasn't happened yet is what I wanted to say it of all that. So there's a few uh, position changes today. Um, the more I think about that day on Henley too, who ended up being uh, the top linebackers off the board and then in, in, in NWO uh, Perma took a big chance on him and I understand yeah, it in he a way, but 20 not 20 not. So, and that's a, that's a 12-team league, so 24, that's mixed the beginning league. of the third round. Yeah, yeah, mixed league. So, beginning of the third round, I was kind of That's the end of that second round, isn't it? My computer uh, screen's all screwed up on me now. Here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. So, 12-team league, so 24, well, 36. He, he went 29, so, yeah, end of the – No. That's, that's an early third. Well, aren't you looking at it? Yeah, I'm looking at it. There's 24, or there's 12 teams. So 12, 24, 36, and he went at 29. So late second. Hey. Late second round. Well, it should say the draft pick. Is it two point something or three point something? Sorry, I'm oh, not looking at what you're. No, 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 no. I got what you're wanting now. So he went right here. So he went Davion Henley 3.03. So it's okay. beginning of the third. Right. So yeah, beginning of the third. And look at how many linebackers were taken before him because I don't think there were any. Jack Campbell. So he was the number two linebacker taken in that draft. Yes. And to me, that's high, right? And I know he, you know, tested. He, I know he tested well, and he, you know, he he's got a six pack, and he's all jacked up and uh, rocked <laughs> up. But you know, the more I started thinking about that, he's basically the same player as Kenneth Murray in a way. You know what I mean? And yeah, again, like, I mean, you watch his highlight tape, and he and he looks phenomenal. I was super high on him just based on his highlight tape, and I had him high in my rankings. Then I started doing an in-depth film study, and his tape against USC is is not good, man. Uh, I don't want to completely bash the guy, but, you know, he's somebody I'm not as high on as as where he got drafted in NWO, but he doesn't have much competition 
either, right? So it's just, uh, and as we all know, uh, um, Kenneth Murray, somebody, you know, I used to be high on even myself and I, he had a good landing spot in San Diego uh, with Gus Bradley at the time. And, uh, I, I, you know, he was an end of the second round kind of a linebacker pick and uh, he's fizzled out big time. So it's between those two and, you know, they're probably going to go with, Dion Henley sooner rather than later, but I still feel like that could be a bust pick. Um, Keon White getting the D tackle designation. I don't really know what to do with that, if it's good or bad, and just New, uh, New England in good, general, right? right? I mean, I was high on him okay. coming into the draft, but I'm not so much anymore. But, I mean, I could see it working out. Uh, so I'm sort of in. Yeah, but that's good fantasy-wise, right? Because. He's probably going to play some defensive end. Let's face it, he's going to kick out and play some DN. Uh, he's going to play inside because of his size a little bit. But for fantasy-wise, if you can play him at D-tackle and get all those edge defensive end reps from him, that's a win, yeah. I like it. And Jair Brown, Jair Brown, I didn't like his tape. Uh, I'm not high on him at all. He was almost undraftable for me. I was sort of laughing at these, you know, draft Knicks and draft pundits that had him in the top five, but I could be wrong on that. I was surprised to learn he had 10 interceptions. Uh, and San Francisco, man, there's not a whole lot there. You know, you got uh, Fonga. Jimmy Ward left town. I've been struggling to figure out who the other guy was. It Tavius Moore or, or uh, no, he moved on too. Um, yep. but it's not a crowded, uh, safety room there in San Francisco is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Tayshawn Gibson right. is who it is. And then yeah. you got George and George Odom, right? So Jair Brown, I don't like the player, but I love the landing spot. And maybe, you know, maybe I was being too harsh on him and San Francisco front office probably, or, or I mean, uh, GM. Yeah. Front office that probably knows a hell of a lot more about fo- forgot more about football than I'll ever know. So. You know, we'll see. But like my player evaluation was not great, but landing spot is can't really get any better. So uh, that's that's another thing to consider. I don't like Marte Mapu and he just I didn't like him before the draft. I don't like him after the draft even more because it's a log jam there in New England. Yep. And just the way Bill Belichick is, you know what I mean? So I don't love that landing spot. Um, Isaiah McGuire is somebody that I'm, you know, as a deep sleeper. And I think people need to take this with a grain of salt. And and I want to provide some context. Like, you know, I'm talking deep leagues, man. Deep leagues. Uh, I took him late. I can't get back to the NWO draft, but he's somebody that, you know, I'm, he, he doesn't have a lot of competition ahead of him across and he could, you know, be the DN too. Well, they, they brought in uh Okoronkwo or whatever from Houston and they gave him the bag. So he's definitely going to be first man up, but I could see um, uh, Isaiah McGuire being the third man in that rotation. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was trying to look for somebody else. To ask. Oh, Kalaja Kansi. I know we've talked about him some, but Kalaja Kansi to Tampa Bay. Yeah. And he went 63rd overall in uh, 
NWO, which is offense, defense, contract league, uh, Superflex. So, so I like the landing for... spot. Okay, I kind of like the landing spot, right? Tampa yeah. Bay. I get it. Um, I was surprised he went as high as he did. But I'm kind of even more surprised, like an NWO. I know it's offense, defense, contract, super flex, premiums, D-tackle premiums, all this stuff, right? But 63 overall, that's way too high. Way too high. Too high? Yeah. Too low, man. He, he was my bust candidate, right? Because Perma took him – like in the sixth second round pre pre NFL draft, but he dropped like a stone in the NWO. Uh, he's a value now to me. Like even though I hate him, even though he's got T Rex arms, he got thirty inch arms and <laughs> two hundred and eighty pounds, and you know I shit all over Perma for that pick in in DWC because he took him at the twelfth overall in DWC, I think. But in uh, in NWO. At 63 overall, I think that's great value. Is that where it is? Yeah, he took him 12th in DWC, the IDP only league. NWO, yep. he went 63rd overall, pick 512. Yeah, um, man, as much as I hate I just the guy, think he's more of a late sixth, early seventh round pick, is where I thought he would go. I mean, I, I get it, but. Well, where did Tampa uh, Bay draft? They were like number 19 overall, weren't they? Yeah, nineteen twenty somewhere right there. So, I mean, he's gonna get a shot. They got a plan for him. <laughs> yeah, you know playing I mean? right next to Vita Bay. Yeah, he's, he went nineteen overall, man. So, I mean, I didn't like the player. I love the landing spot again, and you know, the value went from being way too high, and he was my number one bus candidate based on that. To now, it's very low. I mean, I think. You know that's what that's what it's that that's what it boils down to for me is value, and it's good value at the end of the fifth round for me. Now, which I mean, I we'd have to count up how many IDPs went because it's a mixed league. But uh, you go ahead and 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 talk some, and I'll count it up. <laughs> right. I mean, I just I don't know. I just think he's, you know. Fantasy-wise, he should have been a sixth or seventh rounder. I think that's where his real value is. I mean, I guess fifth is okay, but when you're thinking 63rd player overall, I would have pushed him closer to 75-80 because the offense has got some good players. There's some depth there. So I just didn't see him as a top 60-something pick in a fantasy draft. I'm thinking more top 100. But, so I guess for me, that's where I'm kind of saying – that's way too early. But, I, I mean, I like the landing spot next to Vita Bay, right? Sue's gone. Uh, they need somebody there young to pair with Bay. Um, I like the landing spot. Not bad at all. Oh, that's the 26th overall IDP. So that's like dropping a full round. He went from like 12 overall to 26 overall IDP. And at that point, the only uh, like basically he's he goes from being in NWO. How many D tackles would have been taken ahead of him too, right? Jalen Carter and um, 
Brian Brzee and in, uh, or sorry, in DWC pre-draft, he would have been D tackle number three, I believe. And in this, he's D, more like D tackle number five. My computer's giving me all kinds of trouble. Like this pad is making my mouse <laughs> uh, pointer bounce around like crazy. I got too many things open too, but um, we're good. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened is he was the third D tackle off the board in DWC. Yes, that is correct. And he's yep. the fifth one in NWO. So, you know, there's a little bit of value there. And and I guess for me to be making such a big deal out of, you know, D tackle three to D tackle five tells you how serious we take it. But I, and you know, I just see value in it now and just overall in the draft at that point and at the end of the fifth round, I'm not, I'm not going to complain like that. I remember, like I said, I got to, and I don't, I don't even want to actually, I'm not even going to say it cause it doesn't do Jeffrey Simmons justice, but you know, I got Jeffrey Simmons in the fifth round one year and I still think he needs to take another step up, man. I really do. Like his real life value is greater than his IDP value, but I want to see him take a step up for IDP owners. Take it into high yeah. gear. So maybe you could have a word with them. <laughs> yes, I'll uh when we get done, I'll uh shoot him a text and say, Hey man, you know, you need to stay shit up for for the for the razor, right? So for no for IDP Nation, man. Yeah, for IDP Nation, right? Yeah, I'll do that. I got you know, I got the personal number I can text. Um, is there anybody that we've missed that you like, you dislike? I know we've talked about. I feel like I was kind of pretty, pretty, pretty thorough about it all, and like I yeah, said, I I'm so more trying to figure. We covered more trying to figure out the middle. Page, right? Yeah, I like the Braz I like the Brazil landing spot. So I like the, the yeah. like he's one of the few guys that marries up. I like his, you know. Uh, from the talent evaluation standpoint and the landing spot, like there's really only, there's not very many guys that uh, like even Van Ness, like as much as I love them, there's still Preston Smith. There's still Rashawn Gary. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I mean, yeah, he's the third guy in the rotation and, and my talent evaluation is higher than the other guys, but you know, uh, it's going to be a little bit of competition there for snaps and uh, opportunities. And therefore it might depress his IDP stats just a little bit, even though he got taken 13th overall, great draft capital and great landing spot. Is he, is he really going to displace either one of those guys right away? You know? Right. Nope. I agree. Um, Tyree Wilson still got to, uh, you know, like might take him a year, even though his ceiling sky high. Like there's very few guys that like, you know, you got Will Anderson, you got Jack Campbell, you got even Jalen Carter. I mean, I, I, I personally am not scared that he's with, you know, Jordan Davis and uh, Fletcher Cox, uh, but you know, he, he, it could depress his uh, stats a little bit in his rookie year. I mean, Will Anderson has the talent and the opportunity. Jack Campbell, 
all the rest of them, there's sort of question marks. Brian Brzee, there's less question marks. He's got, you know, the talent and the opportunity. Um, Felix Anaduke, who's almost definitely got the opportunity, but, but I, I liked, you know, basically almost 20 other guys' talent more. You know, he was in my low teens. Like, I think he was 17, maybe. Sidney Brown, like, you know, he... he like I said, man, he, I'm not going to actually, I'm just going to stop talking about him. I've said it three times, but he's probably <laughs> like my highest riser. And obviously, uh, um, Carter, Andre Carter is the biggest baller and, uh, Antonio Johnson. Yeah. 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 I missed on both of those too. So don't feel bad, man. Especially Carter. I, I, I really thought he was going to be. A third round pick or so. So, well, at least we're I mean, not I still like our, the guy, right? At least we're not changing our grade grades like PFF, you know. The, <laughs> right. The current the current narrative. I mean, how do I want to say this? I actually don't give a fuck. But that's beside the point. So PFF, right? You, you mentioned it. You know, I, I got my grades that I do. Ivan Pace, right? On my on my grade sheet with what I do, he's he's off the freaking charts. Off the freaking charts. But because yours is more you know, production the, based. Right. It, it is. It's more production based. But I like I'm watching a lot of his film. And I'm telling you, I was pretty impressed with him. I, I still am, right? As soon as I am with yeah. Carter. So I don't know what I'm missing. But the NFL didn't see it the same way. Not that I'm on their level, but you know what? Sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong, and it's the opposite of what the NFL thinks. But I'm usually not too far off, right? So for me to be that far off on on a Carter, something's I'm missing something. I just don't know what it is. So yeah. Um, well, he had a real bad senior bowl. I mean, he ran a right. fucking four eight six forty. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this long. He's he's a long term play. You know what I mean? He's he's got upside, but it's long term, and NFL teams can't wait three years, and neither can fantasy owners really. But that's, that's I, what I was fixing to say. Fantasy managers ain't waiting three fucking years. They're not doing it. You know, especially this time of year, this time of year, no way. His ass is cut, traded, something, because, no, they're not waiting three years. But in the 10th round, you know what I mean? I took him. You know, like, right. why not? UDFA, sure. Don't care. I, you know, saw what I saw. I understand why he dropped. I never dreamed you wouldn't get drafted, but it doesn't, you know, it's not completely, uh, it wasn't always completely out of the realm of possibility for me, but whatever, we'll see. Hopefully uh, he does something with his life, but the odds are stacked against all of these guys, let alone, you know what I mean, your 10th round pick in a mixed league or even worse in, in, in uh, IDP only league, but that's what makes <laughs> it fun, right? 
You know, oh, if, yeah, you ever, if you ever hit on those guys, man, you can be rubbing it in your uh, your competition's face and your league mate's face for the oh, rest God, of their yeah. lives. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? Absolutely. Yeah, I do. I know exactly what you mean. That's what it's all um, about. That's what makes it fun, oh, too, man. That's, that's another guy I should mention, makes- actually, because I shit all over him when you took him, and he was undraftable for me, is DeMarco Hellams. But Atlanta, like – they like shitty safeties, apparently, right? Like uh, uh, <laughs> Jalen Hawkins and uh, uh, what was the other guy there? But anyways, I mean, Richie Grant. Yeah, I never, I, I didn't like either one of those guys, but they could produce there, and you know they are producing there, even though I don't view them as great in the real world. But so he kind of fits that that mold and. Uh, you never know. He could get lucky there. I'm just looking at, you know, some of the late, late picks in our DWC draft. I hated Jalen Graham. I'll tell you that right now, but he got drafted. Purdue linebacker. Yep. Yeah. I'll tell you my notes on him. I got them somewhere. If you want to talk on something. Sure. Oh, Jalen Graham, number six, Purdue. Outside linebacker, strong side linebacker, uh, coverage linebacker, right, ran right into Pick play versus Maryland does not appear to be an every down linebacker, even at Purdue, as far as snap counts. Great jailbreak wide receiver screen recognition, running back screen recognition, two for that matter. Stopped his blitz on good play recognition and made the tackle. Hemby, Roman Hemby, the running back for Maryland, forced a missed tackle when he was square up and had him dead to rights. Kid ain't great and tested like shit but he has a role in nfl likely maybe a top 100 idp prospect sorry i wrote down fast in some very messy handwriting chicken scratch oh you're good yeah man and here's what i wrote Uh, about yes yes abdullah more of a stand-up edge rusher than an off-ball linebacker so idp value is capped in my opinion a little lazy Great at covering running back releases. Definitely don't like him. Or sorry, definitely don't love him. Maybe if he was there later, but he'll probably be overdrafted based on combine results and Zerline grade. Uh, your boy, Anthony Orgy. Tested well. <laughs> tested well. So I looked at the tape versus, versus Stanford and he was horrible. He basically uh. became undraftable for me and I moved him to the bottom of my list. Uh, here's what I have about Dylan Horton, number 98, TCU. Big, strong, upper body, delivers strong hand punch, effectively takes on double teams without giving up ground, lacks pursuit speed, no real pass rush plan, bull rush type who gets lucky when a hole opens up due to his hand usage keeping O-line from latching on to him, stays free, sets the edge, will be a plus run defender, very limited sacks. I watched his Texas tape first half. Um, Jeremy Banks, a guy I overdrafted. A bit slow to trigger downhill on run plays. He's number 33. I watched his tape versus Florida. Uh, he was spying Richardson, though. Uh, AR-15, Anthony Richardson. So, you know, you got to take that with a grain of salt that he was slow to trigger downhill because he's spying that freak show. Uh, when he goes, he goes though. 
as he has an explosive first step and clear athleticism, decent coverage linebacker, knows alignments and assignments where he and others on his team need to be, generally good at avoiding O-line, can definitely be overpowered, but gives his all and is a dog. Six foot one, 232 pounds, four five three forty, uh, 1.56 10 yard split tied for fourth, uh, 37 and a half inch vert tied for second at the position, 10 foot seven inch broad jump tied or was third, not not tied for second. He was outright second and he was outright third. Uh, he had a slow three cone, three or sorry, uh, 7.27. So his change of direction isn't great. And he had 25 reps at 225, which was tied for fourth. And that's somebody right in your backyard. So you give me uh, your thoughts on him. I think I already may have asked you, and we're probably repeating a few things from a couple episodes. But Sorry, who was it? You cut out for just a second. Really? How long did I cut out for? No, right. when you were. Well, no, you're good. Jeremy Banks. Oh, Jeremy Banks. Well, you said my boy, so that's where you cut out. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, converted running back, right, from high school. Uh, when he came to Tennessee, uh, switched over to linebacker, had some issues. He's a two-down guy, right? Um, I think at best. I mean, he can hold his own in coverage, but that's not really what you're paying him to do. Um, Fantasy-wise, that's not what you want him to do either, right? You're, you want him out there, if nothing else, those first two downs to rack up tackles. So, um, I don't think I – you know, he never had a lot of big impact plays in college, right? Um, so, I wouldn't expect that to that in the NFL either. I just don't think um, – I just don't think you can expect that and be comfortable with it. You know, you take the tackle numbers and say, hey, this is what he's going to give me, and you compare that at the draft value, then I think you'll be okay. But to expect anything else, I think is a little out there. Well, he's an undrafted free agent. And uh, right. trying to remember uh, where he went offhand. Um. I want to say Carolina. I know Carolina signed a few guys that I kind of like, four or five guys. No, it says he's headed to Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah, that's right, too. So him, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, him and Servassier Dennis, maybe the next wave. Who knows what happens with Devin White if his contract stuff gets, you know, hashed out or whether. Yeah, we kind of touched on it. It kind of tells uh, me know, that Devontae David is done, right? They keep what? They let David well, go and. Yeah, well, David only signed a one-year contract, and I think somebody said, I, may, I can't remember who, but he just had a, a kid, just had a baby. So he probably yeah. didn't want to uproot himself and his family. And But that seems to be coming to an end, right? And they drafted – or they're addressing linebacker at the very least, right? So, yeah. you know, Devin White, who knows what's going to happen with him. If they give him enough money, I'm sure he'll stay. But maybe he's kind of – like I, we discussed this in another episode, a little bit spoiled and – sees the dynasty sort of crumbling and Tom Brady left town and all that. And so he's a little bit disgruntled. Yeah. You think it's more of a contract play or ploy to get more money and that all, all things can be true at once. But um, yeah. I'll just name another couple of deep sleepers of mine. Uh, I liked Cam Jones. Uh, 
during the process for linebacker for Indiana. Indiana, he never got drafted either, but I uh, like the way that I liked his tape. Um, and uh, some super, super, super deep sleepers, just because I just have to go on record, right? And we'll see, <laughs> you know, whether I'm right or wrong. Uh, you know, I'm opening myself up to being wrong. Like these guys are like, you know, got very small percentage chance of, of succeeding. And that's uh, DeAndre Square and, and Abraham Bowplan. Uh, but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my balls on the on the chopping block and uh, right or wrong, you know what I mean? Like uh, I'm gonna be on record. And those are very very small percentage chances. So stupid of me to say. Yeah, yeah. Things, but hey, no, I've honest. got a couple guys like that myself. You know. Um, I think that's kind of where you kind of make your name for yourself a little bit, right? You know, whether you're right, whether you're wrong. Um, like one of mine is Scott Mallon, right? Defensive tackle from Boise State. Um, went to the Chargers. So, you know, immediately he could play between Bosa and Mack and, and some of those guys. Um but he's got the effort, 100% motor, the effort, all that. That's what's going to get him on the field, right? And then uh, after that, it's just showing them what he can do. So um, if you've got a late dart throw in a deep tackle position, specific, position specifically, then, yeah, I love Scott Malock. I think he's he's worth it, right? Um Trying to think of who my other one was here. I know, um, I know another guy you like is Jose Ramirez, and I'm I'm warming up to him. Yeah, you know, uh, funny. I think we're discussing I a lot of the same of my, things we discussed in our DWC draft recap, but still. Right, right. So I, I love Mac football, right? Well, I just love college football. Period. So I'll sit and watch the Mac reruns and all this, whatever. Tuesday night, especially man. in midweek. Yeah, Tuesday night Maxion and Thursday night they'll have a game and stuff like that sometimes. So I know who he was. Um, right or wrong, you know, I hate to cancy to Aaron Donald's comp, but Jose Ramirez, the next Max Crosby, right? Both Eastern Michigan, both similar long slender rushers, uh, dominated that conference, right? Play a weak conference, the most dominated. It's worked out for Max Crosby, but. I think Ramirez is kind of similar, very similar. Um, I thought he was one of the best pass rushers in the country. Didn't get invited to many of the bowl games or whatever. And then he was drafted by the USFL, I think it was, or the XFL. I think it was USFL. So he got drafted there. And I was like, hmm, I wonder how that works out. And I think I even asked you, hey, if you get drafted, you were chop one. It's like, hey, if you get drafted to the USFL or XFL, how does that affect your NFL status? And apparently it doesn't bother it at all. So um, he got drafted, what, sixth, seventh round in the NFL? Um, kind of a later pick. Um, he goes to Tampa Bay, right? They need pass rush help. Uh, Joe Tron kind of hasn't panned out yet. Um, Shaq Barrett's got his issues with his daughter grounding and his contract and some of these other guys. Why could it not be him? I mean, he's – you're rebuilding in Tampa. 
rebuild with an upshot on Jose Ramirez. I'm telling you, the dude is long, slender, can get after it. Um, I took him at 66 in DWC, which is pick 509. I had a lot of picks in that league, but still, 509, I thought it was an elite pass rusher potential upside. Why not? Especially in that league. So, yeah, I don't know if you're – I know you said you were warming up to him, but I think he's going to be a really good player. He, You know, I don't want to say he's going to be Max Crosby, but he's going to be a really, really good player. He's not just going to be your average Joe Schmo. I think he's above average easily. Well, I, that's that's about all I really have to talk about. To be honest, I feel like we uh, yeah we've killed it, man. Um, I can feel some I can feel some I can feel some future heat coming my way for a lot of these hot takes and just <laughs> you know I think so too for me too. Right. Putting my putting myself out there, right? Yeah. Everybody's a everybody's a genius after the fact. Hindsight is twenty exactly. twenty, but. Hey, at least, at least exactly. we're honest, brother. Yep, yep, we are. Um, thank you to MFL. Thank you to Trophy Smack. Um, thank you to Action Twenty Four Seven. Thank you, Dude, for a razor jumping on with me, filling in for Mister Big Time Kyle. You know, um, seriously, thank you for being a motivator uh, for me, right? It's pretty cool because I've had some rough times and you motivated me to do some of these things on my own and whatever. So appreciate that. And uh, you've got a website you're working on, right? You got yeah. a website coming out pretty soon. So yeah, idpmadman.com. And I've been doing a few YouTube videos, but I, you know, I'm not expect. I have very low expectations for it all. I'm, you know, uh, stuff, man. Doing, it, doing it to kind of stay busy and, uh, you know, uh, stay off the bottle a bit. <laughs> Truth be told, <laughs> keep my mind occupied. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't expect anything from it. And uh, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, a year from now, maybe that's basically what I said. I said I'll give it a year, see what happens. If it turns into something half decent, then that's cool. If not, uh, it's not going to break my heart. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that. Uh, think I don't know what I'm talking about and there's gonna be some that you know I mean I don't know man I, at the end of the day uh I feel like my record speaks for itself even though it's you know uh I don't want to make it out to be uh super important in life or anything like that and obviously like my playoff record definitely isn't good as my regular season record I'll tell you that <laughs> so maybe listen maybe listen to me all regular season and then listen to somebody else for the for the playoffs I'll get you ready for the season. Uh, I'll, I'll help you dominate the off season and get off to a real good start. And then you'll get a lot of injuries and bad luck and uh, be 500 in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, you'll have undefeated regular seasons in some leagues, in both leagues. I remember one year in Canton, uh, campus to Canton, I had undefeated uh, pro and college teams going into the playoffs. And I think I got bounced in the, First playoff game, like I had a bye week probably. Actually, I don't think there is a bye week in that league. But I think I got bounced early in both. So uh, that's kind of the way my uh, fantasy career has gone. 
I definitely don't have as many championships as I feel like I should, but I suppose everybody feels that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I was going to plug yours, actually. I was going to say, uh, you know, when you were talking about how I uh, got you a little fire under your ass there and you created idpnation.com and it looks pretty good to me and uh, we're going to help each other out, send each other, you know, we're going to, I'm going to have links to the podcast and your, and your website on my site and vice versa. And, you know, you're a good friend of me too. So thanks for being there. Yeah, man. Anytime, dude. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for his uh, webpage and all that good stuff. Check out my webpage. Um, lots of good stuff going on there. Man, I swear I looked at the clock. We've almost been doing this two and a half, and I swear it was like five minutes ago. I said a minute 45. I was like, oh, we got plenty of time. So, yeah. I'm sure but some I, other I people doing are this, like, man. oh, man, they drone on. Just as this guy ever shot up. <laughs> you know? But definitely definitely about me, that's for sure. I get well, excited sometimes. Right. And I do too, and I wander down rabbit holes and – dirt roads and all this stuff, but quick stories before we get off. Um, so I listen to all kinds of podcasts, all kinds, right? And a uh, huge wrestling fan, and I listen to the uh, Bruce Pritchard show, um, something to wrestle with. And I started from the – they've been doing this like four or five years. They're, I mean, they're way ahead of me. So I just started episode one and kept listening to them, right? And um, I noticed, like early on, some of the episodes were an hour, hour and a half, you know, every once in a while, Iron 45. So, again, I love wrestling. And then I got to noticing as I got on up there closer to 100, 150, well, damn, it was two and a half, three hours. And they're, I forget what they're at now. Gosh, 300-something. I don't even know what the number is, 370-something. So some of these episodes are like four and five hours and I can listen to that podcast. And I'm telling you right now, it's like, I don't even realize it's four or five hours. I put my headphone in at work and I do what I'm doing and I'm listening. I'm like, wow, that was over quick. And it was like four or five hour episodes. So I don't know. I'm the, I'm I guess the, op you... I'm the opposite, man. Like I, I remember I tried some and I couldn't get through five minutes. You know what I mean? It was so boring to me. And I was like, watching paint dry as they say but just knowing you guys right and being in leagues with you guys and then you know getting invited to come on and okay i'll listen to this and so it's kind of kind of growing on me but i don't listen to any other ones but i do listen to you and kyle every once in a while um i'm not like an no i don't listen to a lot of i don't listen to a lot of other fancy podcasts really i do shoot the gap i do dig with uh justice college thing um drinking and talking to fancy football i'll check in with those guys on a tuesday night because they like to party it up and kind of raise hell sometimes and shoot the shit so you know i'll check in listen to their episode and but as far as fantasy i don't really listen to a whole lot i really don't fancy episodes i'll check in and see what the guys are doing but i don't listen to a whole lot most of mine are like wrestling podcast or music podcast i even listen to a serial killer podcast so <laughs> i think the appeal you know, to like, it from what i can yeah remember. so away from fantasy football my podcasting is or at least listening anyway is really eclectic and different so 
Nice word choice, buddy. Um, <laughs> especially for Tennessee native. Uh, All right. Hey, I like I that while I was in the ditch. I think the appeal to it is like people like I don't know about you, but maybe at your job you can have your uh, earphones in or something. You know what I mean, and still do your job and still listen to it. Or guys that commute to work, right? They listen to it on the drive in or on the bus or on the train or or whatever it is. Right. And they can they don't have as much time to put into it. So they let somebody else put the work in. They let somebody else give them some names. Then they go do some of their own research or look it up or they just take it at face value if they trust the source. And, you know, so I think that's sort of where the value is. But I don't know. I don't know much about it. And uh, but, you know, I enjoy coming on, shooting the shit with you and you and Kyle and you and trip and uh all, all the boys and and uh the mock draft was fun i really wish i could post that on somewhere because i thought that was some good information and that's sort of more uh contentious and you see the competitive side of it all in that too you know what i mean uh, me and doc kind of giving verbal jabs to each other and sort of uh you know like that's the fun of it for me you know what i mean it's sort of the fight of it all like it's not a real fight it's not a you know, I don't hate the guy or anything. It's it's like I said in there, it's sort of like looking in the mirror. I respect the guy, but I'm going to talk a lot of shit to him. And he's going to talk a lot of shit to me, man. And that's, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a, it's just a mentality that I, I'm not playing in these leagues to get along with everybody. I'm playing in it for some entertainment, you know, and because uh, I think I'm better. And you know what I mean? And we're going to find out. And the facts are the facts. So. But hey, it's been it's been a slice, brother. I gotta let you go yeah. though, and we're getting to close to two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, check out our websites, all that good stuff. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review both channels, IDP Nation and IDP Madman. Go check his stuff out. Um, and we'll be back next week. Uh, what happened here? Why can't I?